Well, you said it, Chewy. Where did you dig up that old fossil? It's a positive film. It has heroes and villains, and uh, that it essentially uh, is a fun movie to watch. It's been a long time since people have been able to go to the movies and see a sort of straightforward, wholesome, fun adventure. Well, it's a fantasy. It's not science fiction so much as it is space fantasy. And it's about people. It's about... Fin it's finally about people and not finally about science. The story, when you actually put it into words, is only so much nonsense to hang a great visual experience onto. It's the stuff that fairy tales are made of. Sort of boiling down religion into a very basic concept. Uh, the fact that there is some deity or some power or some force that sort of controls our destiny uh, works for good and also works for evil. Marvelous, healthy innocence. Great taste, wonderful to look at, full of guts, nothing unpleasant. I mean, people go bang, bang, and people fall over and are dead. But, you know, no horrors. A sort of wonderful freshness about it, a kind of like a wonderful fresh air. It's got whatever you want it to be. It's, a, it's pure entertainment. It's like a roller coaster ride, and it can be interpreted as long as you enjoy it, which is the intention of it. Welcome back to Those Old Fossils, episode 17, The Emperor, His Dignitary and Royal Guard. This is the second part of a two-part series this month. We've just produced the Darth Vader episode with Bill McBride, which was brilliant. And I'm joined once again this evening with Craig Spivey. Good evening, Craig. Hello. How you doing, mate? I'm doing good. Well, Very I'm glad go. about that because I only spoke to you five minutes ago as we <laughs> as we spoke about the Vader episode. But there we go. That's all good. Don't, oh. don't, don't let people into the into the podcast yeah. magic. Okay. And who else am I joined by? I'm still on the call. We've got Dan Burgess. How you doing, Dan? All good, mate. Ready to rock and roll. Sweet. Nice. Love it. And Stu, bringing up the rear. How's it going, buddy? All good, buddy. All good. Lovely. Okay. So... Not four figures tonight, because we've smashed it with Darth Vader last time. So let's just go straight on to it. We're going to be covering tonight the Emperor, Imperial Dignitary, and the Emperor's Royal Guard. The Emperor... The Emperor. The Emperor. The Emperor. The Emperor was first mentioned in passing during A New Hope. The Imperial Senate will no longer be of any concern to us. I've just received word that the Emperor has dissolved the Council permanently. He was then seen as a creepy Wizard of Oz star floating head hologram in The Empire Strikes Back. 
and like Vader, was brought to life by three actors. Marjorie Eaton was the face behind the face of the Emperor. She was an American veteran character actress notable for her brief appearance as Mrs Persimmon in Mary Poppins. New Zealand-born, UK-based actor Clive Revel delivered the lines and an unnamed chimpanzee had his eyes filmed and superimposed onto the hologram. But it is Return of the Jedi that we meet the Emperor who was immortalised by the then 37-year-old Scottish actor Ian McDermott. The name Palpatine was never in the script of the original trilogy, but he had actually been named as the former Senator Palpatine as far back as the Alan Dean Foster's novelization of Star Wars in 1976. His former name was also mentioned in the Return of the Jedi novel, but it wasn't uttered on screen until The Phantom Menace in 1999. Palpatine was not given a first name in any canonical or Star Wars legend sources until 2014, when the character's first name, Sheev, was revealed in the novel Tarkin, written by James Luceno. We've learnt lots about his rise, fall and rebirth, both politically and sithily, since 1983. But at the time the action figure was released, he was still shrouded in mystery and surrounded by cool red guards and some weird old men. So when this all-knowing evil galactic overlord makes his entrance on screen, what is he doing? Visiting a building site to chivvy along the works managers to get the job finished. Sometimes an intergalactic Zoom call just won't do. Of course, this was all part of a ruse to put him in the right part of the galaxy to execute his secret evil plan to turn Luke to the dark side and replace Vader with a younger, less asthmatic apprentice. Three films in, the Emperor had a big job to establish himself as the bigger baddie than the already iconic Vader, but he does so effortlessly. Partly due to his horror film character design, yellow eyes set in a scarred face, glimpsed from under a dark cowl, but also thanks in no small part to Ian McDermott's scenery-chewing performance, which lends the proceedings a level of Shakespearean gravitas, which was much needed to counter the lighter tone of other parts of the movie and to round off the original trilogy in a suitably dramatic fashion. Brilliant. Thank you, Craig. So, lads, the Emperor. We all, we all had one. We've all got at least one. What do you think about the Emperor? So, yeah, I've got um, Duncan and, and, and Gus. I've got their prototypes book in front of me. And on page 71, they've got the uh, the photo of a first shot head. And when you look at that head, it actually looks like it looks like the Emperor. It's got the lines in his face. But obviously, when they were mass producing the figure, a lot of the detail was lost. And if they could have made a figure as good as that, as good as what the first shot looked, it would have been a much better figure. It just looks like a grey old man in his uh, in his uh, dressing gown with a walking stick. It's not the most exciting figure in the world. I mean, the character itself, love the Emperor. I mean, I think they've, they've built up so much now of the lore around it. I mean, Revenge of the Sith was basically his film. Um, and what we've seen in books like Darth Plagueis, although they're not necessarily canon anymore, really, really gives you that that backstory and his machinations and his, you know, complete subversion of the Senate and, you know, everything really in Star Wars generates from him. So, yeah, it's, 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 I think he's, the portrayal in the movie is fantastic. I think he's a great, a great character. But, yeah, the, the action figure, I think, leads a lot to be desired. That's my two pence worth. That's a good two P's worth. <laughs> so how did everyone get one of these then? Did, did you buy it? carded can you remember did you send it away because i'm sure back in the day everyone would have been cutting out those 
Palatine nameplates and send them off for the Emperor. I never had him. I never got him. You got what? a Dengar. Got a Dengar, but I never got an Emperor until... I, I remember my friend Darren Mann had one. I was very jealous of the fact that he'd managed to get his hands on a an Emperor and a, an Anakin at the time. <laughs> I don't know why, but yeah, he had, he had, he had that pairing. But yeah, I, I was missing those. I didn't have one either. I, I think I was f- drifting away from Star Wars by the time that, that arrived. I was all over the first wave, your squid heads and your Gamorrean guards and that that crowd. But by the time the, the Emperor appeared, I was, I don't know, didn't really give it much attention. I mean, since then, obviously, I picked him up. I couldn't tell you where I picked him up loose. But he's, he's, I've still got the loose one I had when I got back into it in the late 80s early 90s I kind of I feel like I missed out what about you Stu does this bring back any sort of memories of childhood we didn't have it mate you got to remember most all my all mine were were handed down from my brother apart from a few Jedi figures but um, although we had nearly all of well we did have all the Star Wars figures and most of the Empire Strikes Back Return the Jedi ones we were there wasn't many and um by this point, I was balls deep in He-Man figures. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I was, I always think as a figure. So when I so when I got to secondary school, um, I'm sure I've told you the story before about in the 90s, people weren't really into it, and I got all the school kids to bring me their figures in, and I'd never had a mini rig. I probably had 50 during the 90s because of this. I probably had about 15 emperors at that point. But um, I always thought they missed a trick. I always thought he should have had lightning rather than his walking stick. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm completely with you. I was like, yeah, they could definitely do lightning. Definitely do lightning. You see, I remember sending away for the Emperor. Now, we'll, we'll come on to how that was done shortly because at the beginning of the Jedi line, you could send off for the Emperor. Now, I remember getting the Emperor figure and then someone, I don't know if it was me, I don't know if it was me or if it was a friend of mine, got a different figure through the post. And I don't know if they said, oh, we don't have any of these at the moment. Here, have this Leah Hoth or something. I can't remember. But what I can remember is then getting a load of other nameplates and sending them off with a note saying, can I have this one and can I have that one? Almost like it was a free-for-all and Palatoy were just sending you various figures. And I ended up getting two more emperors so yeah I, I ended up with three emperors i was army building emperors which <laughs> probably the only person ever to have done that up until focus collectors but yeah for, for a while i thought that sort of melee way was a uh, free-for-all to be fair mate it was probably you rather than a friend um but neither fair or kind <laughs> cheers mate <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, I mean, the, the figure itself, I think the thought of owning it is better than the actual figure itself. I would have loved an Emperor when I was a kid. But looking at it now, it's just not blowing me away. Do you know what? I mean, Craig just mentioned, um, I know we're going to get on to BTT stuff, but the Don Post masks, the, the, the Emperor of Don Post masks was brilliant. I'd much rather have had that than the, um, than the action figure in the 83. I'd love to have wandered around like that. How'd it look like you, Craig? <laughs> totally. <laughs> All right, so before we break down the cards and stuff like that, the, the way most people got this, I got it totally wrong. I thought we all had this, and it turns out I was the only person awkward. 
Dan, what was the process? What was the main method for people in the UK or America getting hold of one of these emperors in the beginning of Jedi? So in the US, you needed to get five proof of purchases and, yeah, post them off with your name and address. Uh, and, yeah, I think the closing date for that one was the uh, 15th of April, 1984. And then in the UK, you needed to cut the, uh, the nameplates off of six figures and send those off. And the closing date for that was the 26th of June, 1984. So, yeah, easy peasy. Just go and buy six Star Wars figures. Yeah, which people were doing. So I, I must have, you know, I must have had a few to to send them off like that. And this is one of the reasons why that there's not a great amount of carded figures out there. So for us in the UK, it came out on the 70B, the Tri logo. It also was on a 70A Tri logo, but that's the Clipper one. So um, the Dutch Tri logo, 77 and 79 back uh, Kenners, and then Power of the Force. But also it came out on a Leddy. But there was something rather special about the Leddy Emperor. Any of you guys remember? Any of you guys know what the difference is with the uh, Leddy Emperor? Was in it the stick? Is it your stick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, you would have seen this before. Chief Chirper stick. It came with a black Chief Chirper staff rather than the Emperor's cane, which is rather natty. So that's on the uh, the fifty B um, Leddy. Emperor, which is which is pretty awesome. So yeah, not not a great deal of selection for carded figures, really, because so many people were getting these as mailaways. You know, they were they were thrown out in so many different things, and this is why at the moment there's no known two packs. So as we know, the two packs with the with the plain reverse, the KB two packs, mainly full of Return of a Jedi figures. After having conversed with a few. Two-pack collectors, yeah, no trace of an emperor in any of those two-packs, which I was really surprised with. But they, they clearly said there, there was no need. They were just smashing them out as mail-aways. Star Wars Return of the Jedi is here. From it, Kenner brings you 65 incredible Star Wars action figures, each sold separately. And now, Kenner reveals yet another. From the dark side of the Force, the Supreme Master, the Emperor, and he's yours free. Just by sending five groups of purchase from any Star Wars action figures to Return of the Jedi, Box 596, Young America, Minnesota. But hurry, this offer will end. I actually really like the car back image. Are we doing the car back image now? Do you want to talk yeah, about for that? for sure. Let's talk about the car back image. <laughs> I think it's a great shot of the Emperor. I think it's more exciting than the figure. Um, I've got a carded one, and it's that. I think he's when he's turning to Luke, when he says, uh, your faith in your friends is yours, and he's sneering at Luke. I think it's a fantastic yeah. image. Yeah. I think he looks over his other shoulder when he says that. <laughs> maybe they, flip, maybe they flip. Well, they got, yeah. they've got, they do like flip flopping these images around. So maybe who knows? They do have a habit of that. But yeah, it's a good image, isn't it? Let's go over to Ron Salvatore, Rebel Alliance, who's going to talk to us about the Emperor. Hello there. Hi everyone, this is Ron Salvatore of the Star Wars Collector's Archive, and today I'm going to talk about Kenner's action figure representing the Emperor. The Emperor was the first true mail-away of the Return of the Jedi era. By true, I mean it was the first to be released after the movie hit theaters. When kids mailed away for Nine Numb or Admiral Akbar, they didn't really know what they were getting. Return of the Jedi wasn't even out yet, 
These figures were mere teases, promises. You got them and you wondered, I wonder what he does. Yes, Kenner included an explanatory note in the mailer box of each figure, but these were teases in and of themselves. They tended to merely heighten the mystery. Nine Numb co-pilots the Millennium Falcon. Doesn't Chewbacca have something to say about this? But when the Emperor was revealed as a mailaway, everyone knew who he was. A major figure in the movie, and Darth Vader's boss, the Emperor is perhaps the signature character of Return of the Jedi, or one of them anyway. I feel as though the Emperor casts a shadow over genre movies as a whole. Whenever I encounter an enthroned baddie in a movie or a cartoon, I think not of Ming the Merciless or even Elon Musk, but of the Emperor in Return of the Jedi. That's surely the 80s kid in me talking. To this day, I refuse to acknowledge the character as anything other than the Emperor. Full stop. He's not Palpatine, and he's certainly not Sheev. He's just the Emperor, short and sweet. The one and the only. By the way, where does that horrible Sheev thing come from anyway? A novel or something? I refuse to call him that because it's stupid. It's like calling Mr. T. Lawrence. And it sounds like a brand of condoms. Kenner advertised the Emperor offer on the 65 back blister card, starting in the fall of 1983. The following is the text that promoted the offer to retailers. The Force is back, stronger than ever, with Star Wars Return of the Jedi. It's a new movie, a new Kenner collection, and once again we'll be featuring our universally successful free figure promotion in the fall. From October to December 1983, Star Wars fans will see our offer on 2.5 million action figure cards. When they buy five of their favorite action figures, we'll send them The Emperor, a unique brand new action figure free. Of course, we'll also be running a 30-second commercial to keep the excitement in hyperdrive. Whew, that was a lot of exclamation points. Sometimes I think the folks who wrote this stuff were on speed. Anyway, if you were a Star Wars kid in 1983, chances are you had most of the figures released in Kenner's first wave of Return of the Jedi product, even the amazingly dull General Maydine. How could you resist mailing away for the Emperor? The figure kids received in the mail was a substantial hunk of plastic with details intended to simulate robes. Indeed, of all the figures Kenner had created up until that time, the Emperor was the most clothing-centric. Earlier figures had mimicked drapery with plastic capes. The Emperor, though, was different. The cloth effect was entirely integrated. It was entirely in the plastic. This wasn't always the plan. Originally, Kenner's designers wanted the figure to include the outer robe and hood as a separate piece. This piece could be removed to reveal the Emperor's bald head in all of its pruny glory. Perhaps due to cost concerns, this was changed during development to yield the figure we know and love today, the one with the integrated robes. Fortunately, we can get a sense of how the original design would have appeared by referencing the hard copy prototypes that still exist today. Dubbed the Bald Emperor, it preserves the figure's first iteration, which makes for a fun comparison with the final production figure. You can see a comparison on the Star Wars Collector's Archive. A hard copy is a hand-poured urethane copy of the original sculpt. Because they're rare and aesthetically pleasing, they command high prices on the collector market, especially when they preserve an early sculpt, as the Bald Emperor does. Today, only three or four complete bald emperors are known to exist. Along with Gargan and the infamous Lucan robes, it's considered one of the best figure prototypes of the Return of the Jedi era. We're lucky that the final sculpt of the Emperor still exists. I'm talking now of the figure that was actually released, the one with the hooded head. Interestingly, the sculpt's head is composed of a color of wax that's distinctly different from that of the body. This is evidence of significant reworking. 
Indeed, alternate versions of the hooded head have surfaced. So, in fact, has the sculpt for the original bald head. As collectors interested in the stories behind the creation of our favorite toys, we should feel grateful that so many developmental items were saved by the folks who worked at Kenner. Without them, our sense of what these toys represent wouldn't be half so informed. So when you see a rare prototype, consider reserving some thanks for the folks who saved it, as well as for the collectors who brought it to light. In 1984, the Emperor debuted on a card intended for retail sale, and the figure remained in the line through 1985's short-lived Power of the Force range of products. How important was the Emperor to the overall impact of the line? Well, at Toy Fair in 1984, Kenner used the figure as the centerpiece of their extensive Star Wars display. There the figure sat, in a custom-made throne, overlooking the line's other figures, commanding wholesale buyers to buy more Star Wars. Fortunately, the throne from that display was saved by the man who ran Kenner's Toy Fair showroom, and it survives today in a private collection. You can see it on the Star Wars Collector's Archive. It's important to note that the throne does not represent an unproduced product. Kenner didn't plan to release a toy version of the throne. It was purely a showroom display implement. However, those of you familiar with the micro-collection line of toys may know that, prior to the line's cancellation, Kenner planned to extend their Death Star world with a playset based on the Emperor's Throne Room from Return of the Jedi. Had development of that set moved forward, an enthroned Emperor figure would have been available, albeit in miniature form. A second micro-Emperor figure was also to be included. This one was standing, his hands outstretched as he shoots lightning from his fingertips. Alas, Kenner pulled the plug on the micro-collection right before Return of the Jedi hit theaters, killing the micro-emperors in the process. The Emperor action figure wasn't unique to the States. Other countries got him as well. Of particular note is a promotion sponsored by British sub-licensee Palatoy that allowed children to mail away for an Emperor figure, just like their counterparts across the pond. That Palatoy promotion is special because it was supported by advertising bearing artwork depicting the Emperor at the forefront of his evil minions. Appropriately, the text of these ads referred to the character as the very center of the Empire's web of fear. Poetic. I rather like that. This advertising art appeared in magazines and also on flyers, but its coolest iteration was surely a large poster intended to be hung in retail locations. Palatoy did a number of these posters for a few different promotions, they're some of my favorite point-of-purchase display items of that era. The Emperor action figure also appeared on American signage. When Kenner released their graphical display promoting the 79-back wave of figures, the Emperor was front and center, represented by an eerily accurate portrait of the man in all his menacing glory. And there was Pruneface depicted right beside him. Hey, have you ever noticed that Pruneface looks sort of like the Emperor if the Emperor collected Funko Pops? He even has the wrinkled bald head and separate cloak that were at one time planned for the Emperor. I think he just wears that eye patch so you think he's cool. I don't know what to make of this observation, but I suppose it's a good one to end on. I'll talk to you guys soon. The Rebel Alliance is too well equipped. They're more dangerous than you realize. Check out Star Wars Collector's Archive, but Ron, thank you so much. And we won't ever say Sheev or Palpatine. You won't, you won't find us doing that. Brilliant stuff. And just the other day, I caught up with Emperor Focus Collector, Daryl Whitlow. So let's go straight over to that interview now with Daryl. Welcome, young Skywalker. I have been expecting you. Hello. Hey, Jez. Daryl, how are you doing? 
I'm doing all right. Oh, mate, thank you so much for joining me. I mean, yeah, I, no problem. I can't believe that I've got you up at seven in the morning. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Daryl, welcome to Generation Skywalker. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, Jez, no problem. Thanks for having me. How would you describe yourself as a Star Wars fan or, or collector? Well, you know, I grew up with it. I was born in uh, 72, so I was just, I was, didn't have my birthday yet when it first came out. So I was about four when uh, the original Star Wars came out. Fortunately, I had, uh, you know, like every kid, you know, growing up, plenty of figures and everything. And I uh, had the space that my uh, mother never threw my stuff out and never sold it off. So I have most of my childhood collection. Kind of live in an area here in Indiana where we have several of those, you know, uh, festivals throughout the year. Just kind of kept collecting through the 90s, through the dark times. And uh, kind of kept it up, really got back into it, you know, in the early 2000s when podcasts started coming out and kind of, you know, boosted the enthusiasm and the, the thrive for collecting again. And got everything out on, on display that I had and kind of finished some of those holes that I had missed, completed my loose run and everything like that. And then started kind of getting focused, tried to find, uh, you know, I was buying too much of everything else and uh, tried to focus an area. I uh, always thought, you know, bad guys were kind of cool and everything. They've got the cooler lines and cooler backstories sometimes. And so uh, chose the emperor as my guy to kind of go with. Brilliant. Thanks so much for that. I think it was 2000. Was it 2011 when you started focusing on the Emperor? Uh, yeah, it was about uh, that time that I kind of uh, had the opportunity, I believe, to get the um, Emperor piece from the John Kellerman collection, who wrote the, uh, you know, the famous vintage Star Wars book yeah. uh, that has the matrices and everything like that. And it did come up for sale and uh, I was actually able to get one of his pieces. And that kind of started my focus a little bit you know, getting some of those pieces and kind of, I started out, you know, focusing more on the production run of trying to get all the little sticker variations and everything like that. There's still a few I'm missing, but uh, all the foreign carded as well and kind of took off from there. I do a few pre-production pieces. I've got a couple of first shots and an unpainted head, but not too much in that area. You know, some of those things are out of my price range anymore. And so I, I try and keep uh, trying to keep it just to the production items. Yeah, very nice to have the first shot, to have the extra head to go with it, to have the Letty Overstock. I mean, just the, those pieces alone in a collection are brilliant. I also have um, my other first shot I have is actually um, a sample mailer. Uh, you know, famously, the emperor, how most kids got him was through the mailer way. And so I do have a first shot that is in a sample box and it actually comes with a Empire Strikes Back catalog instead of the Return of the Jedi catalog that all the regular mailers came with. Oh wow, that's awesome. Everything that has transpired has done so according to my design. Your friends up there on the sanctuary moon are walking into a trap, as is your rebel fleet. They're going to production figures and uh, card backs. I really must start with the uh, El Regresso, the 50 pack, the positive card um, as opposed to the negative pack. It's it's stunning. It's just such a brilliant looking card, isn't it? It really draws the eyes in. You've had that one for a while? Um, yeah, I've probably had that one 
about six or seven years. I'm trying to think. I think I picked that up at uh, the first celebration in Anaheim, possibly. And uh, I had had just the regular card back before then, uh, but was able to acquire the actual carded one a little bit later on. And uh, I think uh, I think I paid for it about as much as you would pay for a card back now. So I got a good deal on it and I'm real happy with that piece. And yeah, and I, I, I love a lot of the foreign variants and everything, you know, for foreign carded stuff, just and it, the regular Mexican bootlegs from like the nineties are awesome to collect as well. I have a bunch of those. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll come to those with the Leddy though. It's, as I said, it's a 50 back, the positive card. So the, um, the, the lighter, um, reverse of the card now the only other card back which i'd seen posted was another 50 pack positive uh, are you aware are there any negatives out there i have never seen a negative uh the loose card back i have is also the positive but yeah i have on the emperor piece i have never been able to find and never seen a sample of the uh, negative one yeah I, i've had a look on star wars tracker which shows that these are really like hen's teeth really few and far between as are the clippers i've seen that you've got a few of the clippers you know a couple of different styles a couple of different stickers they're they're really something special yeah the uh, that's uh, the one with the fold over front i guess you'd call it yeah. um the black black piece with the uh, white sticker on it that's the one that actually came from the kellerman collection from john kellerman uh right. and then that other the other one i think it's called the starburst uh, yes. clipper or whatever just a little yellow you know in the corner uh actually picked that up in uh, essen germany at celebration there um a long time ago wasn't really familiar with it at the time just knew it was one i didn't have and uh, very happy i picked it up at the time outstanding awesome not shown on tracker that one but then again it, it wouldn't be if they, they are that rare and that's the only one right you know, and if it exchanged hands, it store celebration in Essen in what twenty thirteen, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't show up. But yeah, boy, that is a nice piece. It, you then move on to your to your tri logos, which are also tough to get. So yeah, you've got these seventy, uh, the standard seventy, but you've got so the Palatoy, you've got the Italian, and I think it's a Macau as well. Yeah, well, no, I don't have the Macau. That is one right. I am still looking for. Um, right. I've got uh, got a Palatoy. I do have a Meccano, but it's not the uh, not the one made in Macau. Um, like I said, right. that's kind of that's I've been looking for that one since the beginning, and uh, there has been one kind of turned up uh, on eBay, but it was only the card back with the loose figure, uh, and really haven't seen a carded variant. So if anybody out there has one, I'd be happy to talk to you about it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, uh, kind of surprised on that Italian one. It's just got a little sticker on the back that, you know, says it was made in, uh, made in Italy. Uh, it actually has a KB sticker from KB toy stores here in the United right. States on the front. It's just got a little sticker on the back that, uh, goes over the little white box in the corner that says, uh, Producto Non Amado, uh, Bambini de Inferior Mesa which I don't know my Italian, but uh, it does say uh, General Mills Products Corporation, Milan, Italy. Brilliant. So one of those one of those ones that uh, when you're looking through uh, auctions online, check the photos to see if uh, it's got a little variant. And I did and was happy to pull that one off. Oh, nice. 
Yeah, no, that totally belongs in your collection. That's brilliant stuff. So then to complete it, you've also got yeah, your standard Kenners, your Kenner Canadas, uh, going through the range, and then you've got the Power of the Force run. So I believe that's it. I, I'm not sure if there's any others out there. I, I think that's the, the complete run. So like I said, I'm looking for that um, that Made in Macau. Yeah. There's a few, you know, I, I love, one of the other things I kind of collect on the side is uh, carded double offers. You know, if they have the coin and the Anakin offer or, you know, just kind of different things like that. So there's some Emperor offer ones with coin stickers on them. Um, so I've kind of tried to collect the 77 and the 79 backs with all those different sticker variations. And there's a couple combinations I'm still missing, but uh, for the most part, pretty complete on everything. Uh, and the nice thing about collecting a Return of the Jedi characters, you don't have to get all those early Star Wars and Empire, all the variations on those. Yeah. Yeah, and I've seen those, in particular the, do the double sticker ones. They really stand out. I, I love them. I think they're great. And they've definitely taken some favourable comments on Facebook. People, Other people seem to really love them. Now moving on, I can see you've got three packs, um, five pack, uh, mailers, and it also looks like the, uh, I think it's the Irish three pack. Yeah, the uh, I think those were kind of considered bootleg, not necessarily, you know, they were actual figures kind of thrown together. But uh, yeah, the, the mailers are a big hit. Um, you know, that's how, like I said, most people got the Emperor, whether it's a single mailer or those multi-packs. Uh, especially that three pack with the the Vader and the uh, Emperor's Royal Guard is is just really nice. The combination yeah. uh, kind of really makes sense. Whereas some of the others that they've thrown together with over overstocked figures that they had just kind of kind of wonder what the person was thinking when they first kind of threw those combinations <laughs> together. Yeah, totally. That three pack works brilliant for you, and it, and it also works brilliantly for this episode. That's really really good. Exactly. So additionally, there are two packs, you know, the old KB two packs, the ones with the plain back. I know Luke Wilkinson collects them, loads of other people do collect these things. I hadn't seen any. Are there any Emperor ones? Do you have an Emperor one? I do not. Uh, I have never seen one, um, never heard of one. I think, like we said, um, I mean, he was so prolific, gotten other ways with all the, uh, you know, mailers and stuff that they had out there you can find a ton of those i don't think yeah. they ever used him uh i have never seen one at least and i've talked to some other people and they have never you know found an emperor that i know of so don't right. think he's okay. out there yeah well i keep my eyes peeled and if i see one i'll, I'll be yeah, sure to exactly. tag you um yeah I, I do have a sample of one but it's got squid head and uh leia bausch in it so right nice yeah that's a nice combo you know, because you know, yeah. from, from that scene, rather than just haphazard and random. Yeah, exactly, brilliant. exactly, yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's, I guess, the only other one from a multi-pack point of view, which I've seen, is the old Italian four-pack. I, I think I've seen one combination with the Emperor in that. Which Yeah, um, there, um, I think there's a German four-pack as well, possibly. Yeah. Um, right. Kind of that same style. You often find that the uh, hard-to-find trilogo hybrids are amongst them or some of the more difficult to find uh trilogas which really tend to drive the price up. exactly yeah. Yep. yeah so yeah makes it makes it quite tricky they're out there kind of one of those things depending on the combination of the other characters involved sometimes those can get a little little pricey to try and pick up yeah uh, i've seen a couple in person um, but just never had the opportunity to to purchase one at a, a price i'm comfortable with 
Now, I was looking back through Facebook and it's great for seeing, you know, what people were after or what people are hunting for. Now, you put a post on a little while ago, quite a while ago, saying you were after the 79 back header card, you know, with the one with the emperor's head front and center. How, how's that hunt going? Have you got one of those? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I've not been able to pick that up. There was uh, one recently that sold on eBay beginning of the year or so that I missed out on. Those good old sniper people that get it at the last minute kind of make you mad sometimes. But, um, yeah, it's not one piece that I have yet. Still looking for one. They also, you know, have that to go along with the episode, have that Emperor's Royal Guard one that features prominently as well. But, yeah, those are those are few and far between. I, I'd love to get one sometime. Uh, I think you're going to have to join a queue because, yeah, there's there's a lot of people now going for the uh, for the 2D stuff. You know, let, let's have a chat about the, the 2D side of things, because I believe you've got um, some Kenner slides. Got a, I've got a production slide, you know, being here in Indiana, I'm not too far from Kenner. So some of those uh, internal slides show up sometimes. Um, this one, I believe, has five carded figures. It's just used as a, like a promotional slide, promotional film that they took to distribute places and, and do, you know, ad slicks and different things like that. Uh, I've never gotten too much into um, proof cards or anything. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to, but once again, kind of cost prohibitive at the time, kind of sticking with production. The the proof cards are nice, but having the card back works for me. Yeah, no, completely, completely with you on that. I'm finding that I'm getting a few more card backs nowadays and just buying the nice acrylic cases where you can display a figure with them at the sort of correct height that they would be in the bubble. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, that works for, for most people. So Yeah, cool. It's nice to see as well within your collection, you've got a bit of a sort of homage or, or a sort of nod of the head to the Imperial Dignitary and Emperor's Royal Guard as well. You've decided. Well, to, yeah, they, they yeah. kind of go they go together. So you that's the, the problem with the emperor searching for him on eBay is you always get emperor's royal guard when you go with it. I mean, it's just, you know, one of the words that's in there. So um, yeah. you, you kind of look at those things over the years and and I've got a soft spot for those. They're you know, the design on those is brilliant and and wonderful. And so I kind of side dabble in those because it's nice to display the emperor with a couple guards standing beside him. But, yeah, the imperial dignity as well it's kind of one of those things that it fits well and when you get into modern too i've kind of slowly gotten switched over to that a little bit and uh, uh, found myself collecting a lot of the nemoidian type stuff just because you know he they're kind of his little peons in, in the phantom menace that he kind of plays around with and guides to do his uh, his bidding so i've picked up several uh, you know kind of modern prototypes of lot dodd and stuff over the years Talking of which, modern stuff, I've seen that you've got uh, quite a, a variety of modern items and some really cool quality control QC sign-off samples. Is that right? Yeah, those uh, those have been fun to collect. Once again, kind of living this, you know, somewhat close to Cincinnati. It's about a three-hour drive for me or so. So kind of those pop up from some of the collectors around. And I've picked up a few of the fortunate enough to get some of the early power of the force two ones that are still labeled as labeled as Kenner before they switched over to Hasbro fully, um, you know, Hasbro bottom at the time and still labeled them as Kenner and, uh, some fun little cards to collect. Bro. Yeah. I mean, it's such a great eclectic mix. What you have there of bits and pieces. I even noticed, you know, you start to get some more ceramics and, and the various different maquettes. I think you 
you call them various different statues yeah yeah so uh some size sideshow statues whether they're you know the the 12 inch figures or the actual you know full size um i think they're premium format figures they're called but it's basically just a statue that you can kind of switch out some parts on and have those displayed you know they take up a lot of space is the only problem kind of space hogs and everything yeah. so and then uh you know kind of going in you can also kind of dabble and i don't know if i have any pictures up of like the Sidious lightsabers and stuff that they've made over time and of course you know master replicas has his uh walking cane and different things like that so yeah. i was gonna come to that because i've seen that mounted <laughs> on your wall that, that's really yep. lovely isn't it it's really good yeah that's a that's a wonderful piece i love the the display they did for it let alone the piece itself but just the way it displays and everything hanging up there on the wall is is quite good and has the little clasp for his cloak and everything it's a great piece oh brilliant yeah really really cool really nice i'm gonna jump back in time slightly because you know i know we've gone through the vintage and and, and we mentioned the 90s but bootlegs had a look at your collection and it, and it does appear that there's uh, a variety of bootleg items in there bootleg figures uh you've got polish possibly um mexican model trim what have we got i have a model trim it's not a hundred percent confirmed from the person i got it from we're not sure if it's one of the the pablo fakes um that came out you know he kind of yeah. i don't know if you're familiar with those or whatever yeah. okay um so yeah it's it's not a hundred percent confirmed uh we're pretty sure it probably is a pablo fake um i bought it that way uh unfortunately um so i'm still on the lookout for a, an authentic one but yeah the old uh the old 90s you know mexican bootlegs are are pretty great uh most of them are colored the same way kind of hand painted or whatever but occasionally you get that person in the factory or whatever they use to to make them the production line that decides to you know give them a, a silver paint job or something like that and it's like you know all of a sudden you have disco emperor or something there and and yeah. uh they're, they're they're fun to pick out yeah and then i got i got a few you know letty overstock parts like we said before and and uh no no polish ones uh i don't right. think they ever okay. made the the polish emperor uh i do have a couple polish i have a, a darth vader uh polish one um but no emperor pieces to go along with those mainly just the mexican bootlegs ah right right okay my mistake so the pablo then going on about the model trim that's the, that's the one i think where the tail was to do with the uh, the joints the rivets going in and there could be a study of, of sort of component parts used um for the sort of uh, joins of the limbs is that right yeah they're they're just a, I, i'm not exactly sure what the the differences are um it's just, you know, it, it, it looks, doesn't quite have the, the, the feel, the heft that the right. uh, originals do, I think. And so that's why we're, we're not sure. And yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think it was some, the, the pins that they used were slightly different or, or something like that. So yeah. Yeah, there was, there was one other thing in your collection, which I noticed, which I think you might've um, ordered yourself was, it was an acrylic display stand but it had uh, specifically for the emperor to show the different sort of variations and the different variants of, of the emperor. Is that right? I uh, had that custom made. Ian's display cases here in the States does them. Uh, I had seen he had done some kind of uh, displays for the different art 
twos where you could have like uh, you know them labeled as the regular and the sensor scope and the pop-up yeah. lightsaber and different things like that so i contacted him and and it's mainly to focus on the different uh I guess with the emperor, you can't really call him a COO because none of the emperors have a COO. They're only the date stamp. That's one of the things that kind of drives me nuts online. Sometimes people, oh, it's rare. It doesn't have a COO. Well, none of the emperors have a COO. They are only ever date stamped. So, yeah. um, but it, it shows the the variations that I know of. Uh, I believe there's just the four kind of just, you know, different letters raised to different heights. And then, of course, the the lily letties is a little bit different. It's a little, I don't know how to describe it, fuzzier, not quite as crisp, as well as being a little bit darker on the figure overall. But, yeah, so I had uh, Ian make that, and uh, came out really well, really happy with it. Yeah, it looks really good. Ian does bring out some really, really awesome stuff. So, yeah, yeah, nice one. So I want to move on then. So film-wise, you would have been at Celebration when... Um, Ian McDermott came back, came back on stage. You know, we all saw the trailer. Uh, were you there? Uh, I was there. I was actually uh, not in that panel. I was uh, working, helping out uh, in the collecting track at the time. And uh, I get a bunch of people coming up to me asking me, Daryl, have you seen the trailer yet? Have you seen the trailer yet? It's, it's wonderful. Have you seen the trailer yet? And it's like, I think I know what's in the trailer now because everybody's trying to get <laughs> me to, to watch it. So, uh yeah, I was uh, I was happy he was back for me, you know, continuity wise. It doesn't really work to me. Yeah. He always, you know, died at the end of, of Return of the Jedi. So uh, it was fun to have him back. I'm still waiting on them to make, you know, toys and stuff from the, the new films, which they're, you know, slow in getting out. And I don't know if we'll ever get a, an episode nine emperor. But uh, yeah, it was it was fun. And like I said, it was it was fun to have people's reaction to me of, you know, him being returning and everything yeah i love that no i think that's really really nice actually you know I, I love that part of the hobby where something will happen or someone will see something and they'll just immediately think of oh i must tell this person I must tell that person you know that, that that person has to know so for the community there to be uh, sort of all chipping in and, and sort of gravitating towards you is, is brilliant i love it yeah that's really really cool Sticking with celebration and you know what's happening more and more at various different conventions, swag. You know, swag is really coming out there, isn't it? And what what are you finding with regards to swag pieces? It, I assume there's been quite a bit of Emperor stuff. Do you have a favorite piece? So I I do patch collecting, and part of the uh, the celebration brew crew, if anybody's ever heard of them, where we do different uh, beer label patches uh, themed for one movie or another at each celebration. And so this last one, we were Empire, so I had the uh, holographic Emperor at that one. But yeah, I try and do uh, an Emperor patch every once in a while. I've always wanted to do one of those little um, things. that They're little kids' toy that you kind of spin, and it creates sparks and everything like that. I thought that'd be great to have an Emperor, one of those, you know, shooting off sparks and everything. But for some reason, I think they're illegal anymore. They don't produce them anymore, so they're... They're, they're an option I've never chosen to do just because I can't get them manufactured or buy enough to kind of convert to make them look nice. But yeah, I definitely love swag. Uh, always look for, you know, emperor pieces, whether they're patches or card backs or anything like that. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of pins anymore. Uh, obviously with Disney doing their own pins at the cons and, and uh, other companies and other people doing pins to hand out. Uh, I've collected those over the years, so got a nice assortment of those. And uh, with COVID coming out, 
masks seem to be popular at the time. So I've got a, a couple emperor mask face coverings to, to use as well. Brilliant. I am finding the swag world getting bigger and bigger. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. Talking about getting bigger and bigger, the Star Wars tattoo world. Certainly, you know, a growing thing and a great fixture at Celebration. Um, how are we doing with some Star Wars tattoos? Uh, I have a few. Uh, I've got uh, three right now. Uh, amazingly, no Emperor yet. But I do have, uh, you know, a couple. Uh, got the uh, Jabba arm tattoo, but it's on my leg. I got a nice uh, Mythosaur skull. Yeah. And uh, uh, Rebel, Rebel Alliance with kind of the main characters from, from A New Hope kind of oh, awesome. incorporated in it so got a few tattoos there always want more but just never taking the time to do it yeah well i i have been thinking about it i've been thinking about it for a while but it's just it's getting that design it's having a real good think about exactly what you wanted something you know unique bespoke for you and getting i, I don't know i just look at it and i'm like by the time i've got the design sorted someone's you know come up with something decent for me and then everything else i'm like yeah i could have had a really nice holiday for that much yeah yeah, yeah. and that's the design that's part of the reason i don't have a an emperor one or anything you know kind of a dark side to go along with my my rebel alliance one is just getting the design right of of what i want because it's definitely going on there forever so yeah for sure tough. don't want something that you don't want to get yeah, absolutely Daryl, thank you so much for coming on. It's been wonderful to uh, to talk with you this morning about your collection and about collecting. Really, really appreciate it. Daryl, you are Generation Skywalker. All right. Take care. All right, yeah, no problem. Cheers. Take care, Jesse. Great shot, kid. That was one in a million. Remember, the Force will be with you always. Daryl, thank you so much for giving up your time. Lovely to chat with you. I'll catch you again. Right. Now let's go over to the variant villains and see what Jamie and Will have got to say about this dastardly figure. Hi, Jamie here from the Variant Villains, joined today by Will Mellish to discuss the uh, big boss man himself. How are you this morning, Will? Yeah, good, thank you, mate. How is yourself? Yeah, absolutely fine, mate. What are your first impressions of Kenner's Emperor figure? Well, when you first look at him, you think there's not much to him. He's, uh, he's an old man in a dressing gown with a stick. But <laughs> if you actually look at the mould, it, it's really movie accurate. It's really close to the actual character. So it's, it's a cool mould. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, like you say, the, the sculpt is really detailed, but I can't help but think that Ken missed a, a slight trick here just by maybe admitting the cloth cape. I mean, if you look at the, the Luke Jedi figure, it was such a great sculpt and it also had so many accessories and that cloth cape really just topped it off really nicely. Emperor maybe could do with a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, I, I could agree with that. That would be pretty cool. Vader had 11 families. The Emperor just has two families, three factories. Is that right? Yes, two Kenner, one uh, Lily Leddy. So, yeah, you've got the unitoyant smile. And that is it. Nice and simple. 
do you want to just run through the two Kenner variants for us? Yeah, so coot-wise, they're very, very similar and close to each other. Uh, you've got Unitoy and Smile. Any easy ways to differentiate between the two? There's a very slight different way from the front, the belt detail on the robe. Unitoy is a lot more defined, whereas Smile is slightly more blurred. Or you can look at the kill on the back. Smile is sort of more rounded and probably less clear than the Unitoy Q. That, that helps to differentiate, I think, for me. Definitely, yeah. Smile and Unitoy, have you, have you found that one's particularly easier to find than the other in the UK? Unitoy figures tend to be more common to find, but Smile sticks seem to be easier to find, if that makes sense. My impression was that I, I struggled to find the Smile stick. Oh, uh, really? But I agree with you that Unitoy figures seem to be uh, easier to find. Definitely. Okay, and then of course, apart from that, there's the Lily Leddy figure. Which mould did the Lily Leddy figure come from? That came from Smile. And it's a darker plastic and a more glossy face paint to it. And of course, come with a black chirper stick. Any idea why Lily Leddy gave the Emperor a chief chirper stick? That's something that we're not really overly sure on. The only real way of thinking would be They'd already made the chirper stick for chirper, so to cut costs, they reused the mould. And of course, they used it for wicket as well, didn't they? So yeah, you're probably right. Three figures just for the one saves costs. Absolutely, just differentiating with the uh, the colours of the stick themselves. Any ways to tell the Unitoy and the Smile Emperor Kane apart? There's a fat handle or a wider handle on the Smile. Whereas the Unitoy has a thinner handle and it's all about where the mould breaks are on the stick. One's on the yeah. top handle and the other one's on the bottom of the stick itself. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to tell from photos, isn't it? It's pretty hard to tell from in hand, to be honest. Um, it really But if you go to the Variant Villain website, you'll find all the details there. Absolutely. Any final impressions on the figure? Uh, it's it's possibly one for the, uh, the hardcore coup enthusiasts, but... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good fun figure to hunt down all the different, ever so slightly different coups on. And uh, obviously, it's harder to get ones without the nose rub, which makes it a bit more fun to hunt down those good examples. Yeah, a bit like another figure we're talking about today, the Imperial Dignitary, I think. Definitely. OK, yeah. Jez, I think that's about mm. us wrapped up on the Emperor. Thanks for having us both. Thank you. All about the Chief Chirper staff. Nice work, lads. Thanks ever so much. Now witness the firepower of this fully armed and operational battle station. Fire at will, Commander. So, lads, Emperor, what have we found? What have we got amongst our own collection? Doesn't sound like you've got many Emperor items. But... Oh, Dan, in fact, I'm going to come to you first of all, because as you know, this month we're looking at Vader, Emperor, Imperial Dignitary, Emperor's Royal Guard, and you've pretty much got three of them in one hit. 
I have. So yeah, it's another 2D item. <laughs> I think it's gonna be a theme this month. Um, yes, yeah, so I got it's the it's the flyer, the Palatoy flyer that was given out. I'm 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 assuming they were given out in toy shops, and it was also used as a, an advertising tool in in in, in comic books. Um, and it, yeah, it's an image of uh, of the emperor with he's got Emperor's royal guard standing behind him, stormtroopers, Darth Vader, and a couple of scout troopers. Yeah, so it's the emperor emperor special offer flyer. Buy, buy the troops, get the leader for free. Um, so this was obviously when I spoke before about sending off for the for the Emperor with six nameplates, uh, advertising that. And the, the bit of spiel at the bottom, this is the Emperor, symbol of the dark side of the Force, master of Darth Vader and the terrible Imperial Stormtroopers, the very centre of the Empire's web of fear. Now you can add the Emperor to your collection of Super Star Wars action figures free. And then it goes into his six nameplates. But yeah, the... the uh, the, the artwork on this, I think, is brilliant. It's really iconic at the time. I think everyone would be familiar with it. Very similar to the other flyers that came out at the time. I think there was one for the Rancor Keeper. And was there another? What was the other offer at the time that, that came in a similar flyer? Bandolier wasn't there, and I think there was... Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. There was, paint, there was a painting competition, and they were all done by... Oh, what was his name? We talked about him before. The artist. Frank Lanford. So Frank Langford was a, was a comic artist, did a lot of commercial art in the 70s and 80s, did a lot of famous brands, sweet brands, toy brands. It was a, it was a real regular feature in things like looking. Uh, but yeah, Frank, Frank Langford was the artist responsible for those wonderful late era Palatoy ads. And were these in Lookins? They were in Lookins, Dan. I'm glad you brought that up because if you want to see them, you can visit generationskywalker.com, go to the blog section, Follow the top navigation to the Looking blog, where you can see all of the palisades that appeared in Looking. Yeah, and people have got a habit on. I don't know. I, I haven't seen them so much lately, but people used to hack up copies of Looking and Star Wars Weekly and sell the pages with the pictures that flies on. But yeah, there is a, a kind of a nice glossy one. I've, I've got the. I've got it in front of me. I think there was a large side poster as well with, with, with using that artwork as well. So yeah, I think it's a nice emperor piece. Yeah. They're all they're all in colour, I think, as well. Mm. And Generation Skywalker do not advocate the practice of buying lock-ins and cutting them up. Nope. Yeah, nice one, Dan. And I do like that image, and you do see it on a few different things, so that's great. And Craig, what about your three birds? Uh, yes. So I think with a lot of the Jedi era beyond the toys items, the trick is to to find the gems amongst the the sea of clip art. So I've pulled out. The Dixie Cups, as you can always rely on that brand for some nice original vintage art. So not only does the cup, the Emperor Cup, give us three nice views of him, a nice sort of head and shoulders portrait, uh, the Emperor on the throne, and a nice one of him full length standing. He also appears in one of the boxes alongside Vader and two Royal Guards who look like they're late for the portrait sitting if <laughs> If you check yeah, they, it out, they're kind of just wandering just in, sneaking in the back, aren't they? Like, mm, where have you been? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, nice, mate. Nice, yeah. As you say, Dixie cups, something for everyone there, isn't it? Yeah, we need a picture of this. Let's check the Dixie cups. <laughs> We're all good. Can I bring something up, Jez? Please, okay. 1984. Okay, I'm sure we've, we've seen the toy fair setups from the 80s, the Empire ones are quite famous. But in 84, at the Toy Fair setup, they did do an Emperor's Throne Room diorama. I say diorama. It is, I put a picture of 
how it was set up. As you can see in the picture, it's like a, it's got a throne in the middle with the great big window behind the emperor there up on a, up, up high. But then it's got literally all the figures that you could get from Return of the Jedi. But a part of this was actually purchased by our friend Chris Jagulius, and he actually owns, I think he bought it from a Kenner salesman, but he, he actually owns the, the emperor on the throne. He has shared the image here. I love things like this because these are one-offs. Okay, so as you can see in the image I just put in there, that is an emperor sitting on a throne. The throne is constructed of balsa wood and styrofoam, totally handmade, hand-painted, and it's glued onto that grey felt-covered base. It looks a bit carpeted, but I'm not sure whether they have carpet on the Death Star. And apparently it's, it's quite crudely made, but but yeah, it's uh, it's quite a a fascinating piece. When I started looking up the Emperor, there's not actually, he is on a lot of stuff, image-wise, but not actual great items. But this is this is brilliant. I don't know whether we get Chris just to, me- to mention it. Um, there is a picture of Chewbacca having his tash done at the fair. You can see this in the background again. But, That's um, right, yeah. Yeah, you might have to, to head over to the Enhanced to see those images. But, yeah, what a, love, what a fun I love, piece. I love it. What I'm seeing with this throne, right? So for those people who can't necessarily imagine it, try and make a sort of throne with the shape of your hand. You know, just bend your bend it in the knuckles and you, you, you've made this throne. You, you've got the Emperor sat in it like he's at a barber's shop or he's, he's a kid in a child seat in the back of a car. Because his legs, you know, <laughs> just a few points of articulation. His legs are just sticking straight out and not being able to bend down. It's it's, it's even funnier than seeing a biker scout on a speeder bike. Really, I think you know he's just got his legs sticking forward with no bend in the knee or anything. It's almost like he's you know on a swing. <laughs> just yeah, he's on a swing or in a child seat or he's getting his emperor haircut in a in a big uh, seat in a barber's, which. Recall they had not that I've been to a hairdressers for about twenty five years, but there we go. That's another. That's a, a one off. You think they'd have the wherewithal to fudge him some knees? <laughs> I mean, Boots managed to give the biker scouts some knees. Yeah, as discussed in our previous show. So you know, I'm sure there were sculptors around who could have made yeah. that work a little bit more convincingly, but. But it's just like wee. It's just he's just on some sort of emperor's swing. Amazing. Obviously, a throne would have made the figure a lot more playable. You'd have had to have waited till ninety-seven, Paraforce Two, for the Cinema Three Pack. Remember the Cinema Three Pack, Craig? You must have had it. I like that. I still got mine. Jedi Jewel. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I. That's part of his thing. Was sitting in that throne, and you know commanding the empire so yeah i agree and if that had arrived with him at the time could even have been a little you know tauntaun style deal where he slots in and his knees, his knees are built into, into the throat mm. could have made it work <laughs> now that's a great thing so i'm liking that so it's not just about the 2d so we had the original 2d then the dixie cup and we've had this throne room so it's all looking good craig you're going to take us back to 2d aren't you with your favourite poster. I am, yes. Yes, I am bringing to the table the Oral-B 
giveaway poster. And I know we've discussed toothbrushes and all be in the, in the past. Now I'm not I'm not bringing this to be judged on its technical excellence because I don't think it's it, it is technically excellent. I mean Luke looks a little bit like a bendum. <laughs> He's kind of kind of boneless, yeah. skinny. But I just think the geometry of this piece is really nice and I like it because it's it's got, you know, three of the characters we've we've been discussing this month. But a lot of, you know, things I've read over the years about how this throne room was designed so that the emperor was like a a spider at the center of his web. And I think this poster really kind of sells that idea. So while it's not focused on the emperor, you've got Luke and Vader clashing their lightsabers beautifully symmetrically under the under the logo. As you go further back up the stairs, you've got the two royal guards perfectly symmetrical and the emperor in shadow. But for me, he's he's the focus of this. I I think it's I think it's a nice piece. I think it's a nice piece that kind of brings that that scene and that set to life quite effectively. Yeah, it's great. And also kind of takes me to your Ben in, in Darth setting in in this square sort of door opening as well very much like that but also the leah rescue going down that yeah corridor as well they do like that type of setting don't they in a in a lot of their in a lot of their artwork and a lot of their sort of um set photos but yeah no, i yeah. like that mate oral bid yeah the giveaways good stuff i do actually i do actually own this item the little display box uh with a few of the posters in so one of the, one of the uh, nice pieces of Return of the Jedi era beyond the toys stuff that I do actually have in the collection. I guess you would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really nice. I'm looking forward to completing your training. In time, you will call me Master. You're gravely mistaken. You won't convert me as you did my father. Oh no, my young Jedi. You will find that it is you who are mistaken about a great many things. Check this out. You might have to leave her out of Gus Lopez's hands, but the Emperor's contact lenses. So there we go, Return of a Jedi, the Emperor's contact lenses. Gus has got framed in underneath a picture of Ian McDiarmid there. Contact lenses worn by Ian McDiarmid as Emperor Palpatine in Return of a Jedi. One absolutely bonkers focus collection uh, edition that would be absolutely marvellous. I bet they follow you around the room. Yeah, it looks creepy, doesn't it? That's great. The, the logo looks like teeth. <laughs> <laughs> really cool. I never doubted you for a second. Wonderful. Stu, tell us that you're going to knock us out of the park with your four-way. We're going to knock us out of your park with your four-way. Yeah, so Burger King glasses. I'm sure we've all seen them. We've seen the displays. They're quite amazing. 
But in the Return of the Jedi line, there is a glass which features Vader, the Emperor, Imperial Dignitary, and the Emperor's Royal Guard. You've got uh, you've got Vader and Luke clashing lightsabers with the Emperor sitting in his throne just above them. You've then got, a, as you turn the glass around, you've got a big picture of the Emperor up close with his walking stick. And then round the back, slightly smaller, the Emperor's Royal Guard and the Imperial Dignitary. It has actually got a bit of writing on it. I've never read this. It's very exciting for me, this. It says, please do not freeze. No, I'm joking. It says, in the Emperor's throne room, Luke Skywalker confronts Darth Vader in a desperate lightsaber battle. The Emperor, supreme ruler of the galaxy, is accompanied by a red-helmeted Emperor's Royal Guard and one of the Imperial Dignitaries. I mean, were they there? And they were Mate, all having a fight. <laughs> that's know. not an exciting moment for you. That's an exciting moment for all of us and the podcast listening world. You've just got the jackpot, man. Touchdown. All four on one glass. That's it. I'm just going to pack up the show. That's up. That's, that's us done. Don't get any better than that. <laughs> it's a great piece. It's a great piece. That's a great one to end on. Stu, you just, you just nailed it, mate. That's the Emperor. All wrapped up for Christmas, mate. Lovely. Should we talk about the Imperial Dignitary? Oh, love that figure. Come on, let's talk about Imperials. Simaloo. Sounds very close to Bombayaloo or Sagaloo to me, but Simaloo was a force sensitive human male noted for his patience, wisdom, and silence. He served as an advisor in the office of the Supreme Chancellor Palpatine in the final years of the Galactic Republic during the Clone Wars. Following Palpatine's reorganization of the Republic into a Galactic Empire, Alu continued to serve the new Emperor as his senior political advisor in the Emperor's inner circle for the duration of the Imperial era. Being Force-sensitive, he was trained as a dark side adept. I think he's underrated. I think everyone just slags him off because he just stands behind the Emperor. But he's as exciting as they come in the last 17, in my opinion. <laughs> what are you laughing at? I, I um I, when I was a kid, they 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 were quite scary. They're all pale faced like the Emperor, and, and looking back at them now, they're almost like um, was it in Hellraiser? You got Pinhead and he's and he's is it Cenobites? I think they're called like his his minions. They're almost like those, all pale and yeah, a bit scary. And then yeah, obviously when Vader takes his mask off, he's all pale and drained of blood as well. It's all a it's all a bit horror show. It's a much needed pop of purple in any collection. <laughs> Colourful, aren't they? What, why why <laughs> do people... Go on, go on, go on. Do you know the we're, famous we're... photo of them? The five dignitaries on the Death Star? Yes. I always think to myself that that's, that looks like the first ever selfie. Because they're kind of all leaning <laughs> back. It's like a group, aren't they? And it's like yeah. that one of the fronts with his arm out. He's kind of like, yeah. Like a boy band picture. who were just having yeah. some sort of comeback <laughs> tour 40 years later. It's like looking at a rubbish Rolling Stones. It's one of the strangest <laughs> pictures you'll ever see, I always think. I just think it's a, yeah, it's a really quite strange one. Do you reckon they get their own Disney Plus show to find out how they, what they were doing before Return of the Jedi? <laughs> Maybe that's Acolytes. 
Maybe. Maybe it's like, you know, their backstory or something. It's really weird because when, when you look at him, he's, um, you know, his purple robes. Then he's got his, it's almost got like he's got some sort of cravat underneath the purple robes, which almost make you look like, what was it, Fred from Scooby-Doo? Um, it's just a bit weird. With the big sort of headdresses, it looks very sort of real bishop type stuff. As you said, came out last 17, last 15, so with Power of the Force figure, which means that it came with a coin. We also had it on the old 70D because it was the last 17, last 15, and again, comes out on a clipper, but on a 70A. So yeah, the, the clipper boys, we've seen twice now. They've had the old 70A when we haven't in the UK. Let's see if the variant villains have got anything else to add about this. I, I've got a suspicion that there's not a great deal to say when it comes down to the Imperial Dignitary. People do kind of crap on the Imperial Dignitary a fair bit, and it's probably fair to say that, you know, he deserves a fair bit of, um, of, of that derision. I think as a figure, as a sculpt, it's pretty good. I mean, if you just look at it, you know, in isolation, it's a, it's a pretty good figure. And it's, again, same as the Royal Guard that we spoke about earlier, you know, he's got a bit of colour. He adds a little bit of colour into the Imperial lineup. So, you know, I'm not down on the Imperial dignitary at all. He, he could have had perhaps a cloth cloak or they could have given him some sort of accessory or sort of embellished him a little bit to make it a bit more of an, you know, you know, exciting figure for kids. It is what it is. It was late in the line and they were trying to sort of just chuck out a bit of stuff to sort of, you know, keep the um, keep the ship afloat. And um, so, yeah, we got we, we got the figure we got. Well, I've got one in, in my hand at the moment, and it's a substantial figure. It sort of stands nice. It's very, very rare you'll find a, a rough played with one. They're all in mint condition, except for one thing. The nose. The nose. What's your theory about the nose? Because they've been found with damaged noses, even in the bubble. It's just the most prominent part of the figure. So when they were painted and assembled and chucked into these boxes ready for packaging, you see all the figures and they're just all tossed in together. There's, there's not like they sort of were wrapped up in bubble individually or something like that. So it's no wonder that there's damage on them before they even got into a bubble. I think it might have been a fault in the mould or like a, I don't know. Well, I mean, this is all spray mask. So, you know, it, it, it wouldn't even have, the mould would have come out clean. It's just the actual, that whitish pale look he's got on his face. You know, it's just that spray that, you know, it went across, it was evenly applied, but obviously being the single point that this hefty figure is, you know, whenever it hits the ground face first, it's the nose that is the thing that's hitting it. And uh, as a result, you just get loads of them with um, nose rub. And even inside the bubble, it's the thing that's hitting the bubble. It's that the, the paint that's on the tip of his nose. I mean, and now we're all very careful with them before that. very. I mean, mine, the one I've got in my collection here is, is he's pretty smart. But um, yeah, I mean, I've had a few of my hands in the past that ones I got from the 90s. And yeah, all the same sort of thing. Um, but, you know, it's not the only figure, of course, that that applies to. You've got plenty of Luke Jedis around with nose rub on them, Attack Commanders nose rub on them. I mean, there's, there's plenty of figures that that is the one thing that happens just to, you know, just to rub off, you know, just through wear and tear. It, it's the paint on the nose that goes first. So just remind us how many variants, factory moulds, do we have to look out for? 
Well, um, nice and easy. Same as uh, when we're talking about Anakin. It's just the one factory. And this one comes from the Cada factory. I think just the volume of figures produced was less. They didn't need to have multiple factories running in parallel, be able to produce the quantity that, you know, to satisfy demand at the time. So, yeah, it's just a, it's just one factory, which is you know produced by Cada. It has a 1984 COO and there's no stamp on the figure because at that point they weren't stamping uh, COOs and figures anymore quite the opposite they were going out of their way to remove the coos from the figures well you don't see many focus collectors of uh, imperial dignitary so maybe you should be the first to start one uh i think i'm going to pass on that role and um i'll leave someone with a real kink like let's leave that one to will shall we yep my suspicions were correct Apart from talking about the obvious nose rubs and stuff and complete lack of uh, accessories, I mean, look at his hands. Let's let's just talk about his hands for a second. I mean, what's going on there? I think you're being harsh here. It, it says on Wikipedia that he was well-versed in the art of terracarthy. Uh, okay. And that's why he's got karate chop hands on the action figure. Oh, really? Okay. No, Matt just made that up. <laughs> you're very convincing, Craig. <laughs> You, you are so convincing. You had me. <laughs> okay, well, let's let's talk the coin, Jez. Tell me everything about the coins. Okay, the back of the Power of the Force coin is really boring. It could have been written by Dan. It just reads, One of the evil men who is close to the Emperor and serves as an advisor in his plans to destroy the rebel forces. It's, um, it's exciting. I'm going to go after that coin this week. Oh, yeah. I love that. it when you you do that after <laughs> recording the shows. You're like, right, roll up, rolls up sleeves, goes shopping. You want this, don't you? All right, okay. So we've decided, apart from Stu, who seems to have a little thing for him, it's a relatively boring figure. No variations, really. Um, the only variation is nose rub or non-nose rub. Okay, so what else have we found? Beyond the toys, come on, bring it in. Dan, you found something. It's 2D. <laughs> but what have you got? Yeah, um, this was we posted up a number of suggestions of what we could what we could pull out for him, and, it's, and I got lumbered with this. So this is a, a top trading card. I'm just flicking through my set now. So it's from the the second series of Return of the Jedi tops trading cards, the ones with the blue borders, and it's Arrival of the Emperor. The card's titled, so you can see all the Imperial troops all uh, all, all lined up waiting for the Emperor to come out of the shuttle. And I don't know, maybe if you squint, maybe you can see them coming off the boarding ramp on the Imperial shuttle. But yeah, that's as, as nah, good as I that, got. That, that doesn't work. You're fired. Move on. Right. So Dan's got nothing. <laughs> Stu's knocked it out of the park with his Burger King glass. So that Stu's already, you know, Stu's winning in all respects with his Burger King glass, which is lovely. Craig, now you've got some you know, magic. You're, you're... You're laughing at Dan, but that image that he's just described is one of two that are used on Wikipedia when they talk oh. about this character. And the other one is the one that, that Stuart mentioned earlier, which was clearly a, you know, still yeah. from the set where they're looking like they're all taking a selfie. So that proves to me that this you know, images of this character from the actual film are very, very rare. Yeah. So this this sighting 
in the Presto Magic set, I think is is uh, yeah, it's it's unusual to, to see him in there. So, so Presto Magic, for those who don't know, they were the letter set equivalent in the US, and they did transfer sets for Empire Strikes Back, and they did a small run for Return of the Jedi. They did small sets, it's set of four of which the Death Star was one of them, and it features a fold-out paper panorama of the uh, throne room, but featured on the transfer set, and I'm just trying to find it, was everyone you'd expect. <laughs> well, everyone apart from the Emperor. So you've got two Royal Guards, you've got two versions of Vader, one fighting, one standing, a few Stormtroopers, an R2-D2, Admiral Akbar, bizarrely, Maybe you could have rubbed him down like he was peeping through the window behind the throne. But on there is the Imperial Dignitary resplendent in his purple robes and his and his little red cravat, just like the action figure. So if you are a folks collector and you've not got this in your collection, what are you doing? It's got to be a key piece. Yeah, no, done well there. Liking that a lot. Presto Magic. In fact, Craig, you found a little video for Presto Magic, haven't you? I did. Nice. Let's play it now. Presto Magic's Return of the Jedi makes the action come alive. With Presto Magic's Return of the Jedi Super Transfer Set, you get a big action board and over 150 Star Wars transfers to make the action come alive. Watch this. Here comes Darth Vader. Oh, no. Hold on, Han. I'll see you. I've got something for the Imperial Dignitary. So you know what? We're all bringing something. It's just, actually, this could be a great little focus for someone. Who's going to do it? You know, you've got Trilogo, Trilogo Clipper, Power of the Force, and then a few lovely little Beyond the Toys pieces. Stu, you've got a thing for the Imperial Dignitary. You're already saying you're going to get the coin. Do you fancy tracking down the Return of Jedi, Coca-Cola, 7-Eleven cup which is just absolutely gorgeous so it's I got think, imperial troops on it sorry i think i've got it give me one minute while you describe Ooh. it wow you carry on i don't think he realizes but Stuart is well down the road of being probably one of the principal imperial dignitary focus collectors on the planet So this is, you haven't got it. No, no, I haven't got them out. There's a box oh. somewhere with something. I'm pretty sure I've got it. Oh. This is an exciting time in podcasting, folks. Yeah, On one have. side of this cup, you've got the Return of the Jedi logo. And underneath, you've got a row of Imperial gunners flanked by some Imperial officers. But on the reverse, you've got two of the Imperial Dignitaries. The one on the right, which is the one which looks like a very, very old Boy George from the 1980s. And the one on the left, which looks like, I don't know, maybe he's the guy who's sort of half melted at the end of Robocop. But both of the Imperial Dignitaries are there. I won't find my cup. It's in a box somewhere. I'm not sure I've got that one, but we'll see. Okay. I really like these cups, chairs. Are these, are these one of Clint's? contributions yeah yeah so clint has found this and he has posted it on the tantive 11 forum 
Now, as I say, we've got a little thread going on the Tantive 11 forum where I say what figures we've got, and then they, they just share, 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 dig into their archives because it's beautifully laid out. The, the Tantive 11 forum is absolutely amazing. You want to drink in vestibule? Go and check it out. They've got various different things. But yeah, the, these cups, the 7-Eleven cups, I love it. I, I've seen a few different ones and collected them because they do show different scenes. I mean, that image there of the gunners and the Imperial officers, you know, where do you find an image like that on, on anything else? Mm, really, really Quite good. unique. Yeah. This one thread of drinking vestibules is absolutely insane. There's loads. I had no idea that there were as many as they've got. Wowzers. So yeah, they've got the full Star Wars line, then goes into Jedi, pictures, various different cups, and then you get to the 7-Eleven. So wow, set of pl 12 plastic cups was available at 7-Eleven convenience stores chains as promotional giving away. So what have we got? Uh, made in Canada. So I'm not sure if it's Canada exclusive or whether or not these were just made in Canada. But lots and lots of different scenes. I mean, they've got a great scene of, uh, oh, they've got a great scene of the bunkers. They've got great scenes of speeder bikes. In fact, two of them are dedicated to speeder bikes. Yeah, really, we, well, we, really we mentioned them in passing on the on that yeah. show. I think they flashed up quite quickly because there was so much to get through. But yeah, it's really a nice range. Yeah, and two, and we'll come on the figure we're coming on to shortly, Emperor's Royal Guard. And with uh, another one with the Emperor in as well, so yeah, it's a uh, it's a full set for the Seven Eleven, which are which are really really brilliant. So must thank Clint for showing this over on Tantive. Lads, check out this bad boy, which I'm just sharing with you now. This is something special. Now we posted something similar to this when we had the R two D two pop up on the Rebel Commando cart. I think my Instagram account went crazy for that a lot of people appreciating that but what we have here is a sample carded imperial dignitary on an 8d8 card back so yeah sample card back so there you go for your focus collection Stu, your focus collection for uh, imperial dignitary is really kicking off oh i mean that that is lovely isn't it i did come across that do you know what i just as i was leaving tvr i decided to start a yeah, imperial dignitary and i went and got the tri logo and i went and bought the power of the force and i got the coin which i've still got yeah and then i've just i've recently just sold my tri logo on him he's um i think he's underrated I, I think i think you're all slagging him off tonight but if you look at that last 17 they're all browns and greys and blacks and this thing's bright purple i mean it's beautiful in a in a line gives a bit of color gives a bit of bit of essence you know it's Oh, oh. Yeah. Banana Man's bright yellow. Banana Man. <laughs> Banana Man. <laughs> Banana yeah. Man was blue, you plonker. <laughs> Laugh it up, fuzzball. Let's move on. Come on, let's talk about the Empress Royal Gods. My best troops. Let's talk about the Empress Royal Guards. Let's talk about the Empress Royal Guards. Let's talk about 
the Emperor's Royal Guard, also named the Crimson Guard or the Imperial Royal Guard, and known under the Galactic Republic as the Red Guard, was an elite unit whose members served as personal bodyguards to the Galactic Emperor, in addition to strict requirements of size, strength, intelligence, and loyalty. Wipes you out, Dan. Only the most skilled soldiers in the Imperial military qualified for duty in the Royal Guard. The Imperial Royal Guard were also occasionally assigned to provide protection to the members of the Imperial Ruling Council and the Emperor's second Darth Vader. Now, Corin Pierce states to Lando, Calrissian, in Lando's number three Marvel comic from August 2015, those were Imperial Guards, Lando, the Emperor's personal protectors, handpicked from the very best of his forces. Out of millions of soldiers, they are unsurpassed. I reckon you could be a yeah. Emperor's Royal Guard, Jez. God, there's a, com- there's a compliment, mate. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sat down. Amazing. Oh, that's very nice, G. Thanks very much. I mean, who doesn't love an Emperor's Royal Guard? I mean, before we go on, Poss- when I've seen these. my favourite figure. Yeah? I mean, you, you've got a helmet, haven't you? You've got Emperor's Royal Guard helmet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it looks Do great. you know what? In about, I don't know what year it was, about 84, I was at primary school and um, I came to school one morning, I was about five, six years old and everyone was going, oh, you've got a Christmas present on your desk, you've got a Christmas present on your desk and I opened it up and it was, do you remember the red Return of the Jedi storybook? Bright red, Darth Vader in the middle, flanked by two Emperor's Royal Guards. Okay, that that book to me is one of the, you know, it's probably the biggest vision in my head as a as a child because the whole book was read and then there's guards are on the front cover and i think from that moment i've always been infatuated with those those figures i mean when i came to do pick a, a figure focus it was that or greedo i only went with greedo because i thought there'd be more to collect but um it's an amazing figure amazing nice one Stu. lovely but yeah gorgeous red figure which completely stood out from the from the standard blacks and whites that we saw with the Imperial forces, you know, even even the biker scout is a mishmash of black and white. So for, to have this, it was was brilliant. I absolutely adored it. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, I just loved the, I know the dexterity of it as well. Just the the complete feel. What about you, Craig? Dan? Yeah, it was it was a must have for me at the time. The start of the start of the Jedi stuff. Just, um, yeah, take out what everyone says. It was just unusual. It, it, that colour was, like, so different from from everything else. But, the, you know, that, that mix of, like, the soft goods and the way it kind of integrated into the actual mould of the helmet. And it was intriguing as well, because once you got it out, you saw this kind of burgundy kind of underbelly. <laughs> it's, it's his uniform underneath, revealed by the slit, which you don't see on screen so much. But... I did when we were, you know, discussing this. Found the one of the deleted scenes where the guards kind of manoeuvre and they they point the force pikes, and you can see where the cape splits, and you can see that burgundy kind of under uniform. It sort of sort of made a bit sense seeing that. But yeah, it's yeah, I, I love this figure, and, and I think at the time, you know, I was growing out of playing with these things, and I was very much into the sort of setting them up. In little scenes and dioramas so they just kind of stood there and for a figure that just stands there hard to get better than the emperor's royal guard totally 
What about you, Dan? I don't know about you, but when I take my kids to go and see Father Christmas, they get an absolute load of crap. <laughs> you know, the little gift you get, you pay to go and see Father Christmas, sit on his knee and he gives you a, a cuddly toy. I, say, I went and see, saw Father Christmas at Debenhams, must have been in 1984, and I got a carded Royal Emperor's Guard. Oh, boom. So yeah, that was my that was my memory of, of the Rembrandt. And yeah, I, I think the same as you, Stu. I had those um, this kind of magazine, those publications that came out ahead of the movie, the making of and the storybooks, and yeah, the images of the uh, of the Rembrandt's Royal Guard. You know, before seeing the movie, it's like who the hell are those guys? Yeah, brilliant figure, love it. Okay, so you know, we we all saw it. Lots and lots of posters, lots and lots of imagery. As you say, it was on the book, the book which came out straight away, and we would have just scanned, absorbed so much. So it came out on the 65 back and then it came out again. Tracker is showing at least 21 different variations plus sticker variations on top of that. So there are absolutely loads of these buttes out there. But interestingly enough, the most expensive Emperor's Royal Guard, which has been shown on Tracker, is an Uzai. And yeah, graded AFA 60 at Hakes auction. 13 back Uzai carded Emperor's Royal Guard sold for $14,344. You know, I wasn't expecting to see that whatsoever when I had a little look at Tracker. So yeah, an Uzai figure. Brilliant. Loads of loads of different variations to choose from, as one could imagine. So yeah, you've got your Uzais, you've got your Leddies, so your 30 back. And, uh, and Tracker's actually shown that these have got the um, the positive and the negative reverses uh, for people to go for. The negative, uh, the Meccanos, the PBPs, Secudas, Palatoys, Clippers, various different figures coming in. Yeah, the Canadian ones didn't get to power the force though, but absolutely gorgeous. Now you guys, any of you guys got carded Emperor's Royal Guard in your collection? I do. I have two. I've one got a 77 few, back. One of the few I've got. Nice. Stu? Yeah, I've got a Palatoy Return of the Jedi. I think it, if you're, I know you've got a beautiful tri logo, and I think as tri logos go, Emperor's Royal Guard's one of the best that they did. But I love it on the Palatoy as well because there's no logo, so you've got that full, beautiful image with nothing distracting from it if it's off a list. Yeah. So Craig's got the 79. Nice. Do you know which particular one it is, Craig? I'll go get it. No, in fact, there's only going to be two. Is it Ophelus? I think it's Ophelus, yeah. Yeah, so 79A is the one without the uh, the sticker on it, the one, the Ophelus one. And it's the 79B, which has got the picture of Anakin on the reverse. So, uh, yeah. So you've got the 79A Kenner. You've got the Palatoy, which is going to be 65 yeah. back. And Dan? 77 back. 77. So not only do we all have one, we've all got a different one. Nice. So yeah, as you said, I've got the uh, Trilogo. It's part of my Italian four-pack. And it, it's a shame, really, because the Emperor's Royal Guard Trilogo is a lovely card, but it's completely covered up because to the right of it, it's got a B-Wing pilot, and then to the right of that, it's got a Scout Walker driver. So you don't actually get to see the card back, but you can tell that it's a Trilogo by the bubble. And then you just go, hmm, nice. So that's how it goes, really. Hello there. Come here, my little friend. Don't be afraid. 
Well, I'm delighted to be joined by Chris Moorhead this evening. Chris, welcome to Generation Skywalker. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for reaching out to me. It's great to be invited and, you know, looking into talking about my favorite subject, Royal Guards. <laughs> Indeed, it's always good to talk Star Wars. That's right. Now, I did find you on the Emperor's Royal Guard Facebook group. It certainly looked like you were one of the sort of prolific posters on there. And I just reached out and said, right, let's have a chat. You've got a really aesthetically pleasing, eclectic mix of Star Wars collectibles. In one of the photographs, it looked like you had about three sort of Billy bookcases full of, of a variety of Emperor Royal Guard figures. Please yes. tell, tell me about your collection. So I grew up with the action figures as a kid. I was actively collecting them through most of the Jedi stuff. I, I was pretty much complete as a kid. And most of the action figures, I had many of the vehicles. I had, you know, Falcon, Adat, you know, Star Destroyer, most of all, all the major pieces, not every little individual item. And then, you know, as most kids, we kind of got transitioned off that. I think I got on G.I. Joe and Transformers for a while before I kind of fully transitioned out of toys for many years. But Star Wars was always uh, like, a true love of mine always going back. You know, I probably watched the movies two or three times a year all those years. And then I remember I was in college and they started bringing the toys back. And I was like, oh, that's that's really cool that they're doing that. But, but I was in college. I didn't have much money at the time. So I really wasn't collecting, you know, prequels come along. I kind of dabbled a little bit. I'd pick up a couple figures here, there. And then 2005, Revenge of the Sith, and I just... It the hook finally sunk in my cheek, and and they got me. And I've been, you know, solidly collecting ever since 2005. At first, it was like mostly just modern. And then I was like, oh, I need to go back and complete my vintage run, or at least get back the ones that I had as a kid, which of course always leads to completing a run. And um, and then shortly, uh, I'm trying to think of when I actually started my Royal Guard Focus collection. I want to say about 2010. 2012 or so so it started as one tiny shell in, in my kind of office space and then it became a, an entire dedicated cabinet and then two cabinets and then it just kept growing and growing now i basically have an entire room that's just solid star wars stuff that's a wonderful familiar story to to many i'm sure now the emperor's royal guard or royal guard as you call him first of all Here's, here's a question for you. I'm sure you'll know the answer. Why royal? What? Where's the royal connection here? Do you, do you know? I don't. Um, you, you see them in the uh, the prequels, and I guess there's kind of an aspect of ro royalty in in the prequels. So I'm guessing yeah. it's just over in naming convention. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I, I can't specifically get into George's mind of why he decided to call them royal guards. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they are the guards of the uh, Supreme Chancellor, the the Emperor himself. So, yeah, you know. I just found it a fascinating question. I thought about it earlier on because obviously these were named in the Emperor's Royal Guard in 1982, 1983. So long, long before the prequels as we know it were even penned. But oh, I just thought, yeah. I'm going to put that same question to the rest of the crew and see what they come up with, but I'm, I'm going to completely take your answer. But far more importantly than that, why is the Emperor's Royal Guard just so cool? What is it about the Emperor's Royal Guard? Uh, well, as I like to tell a lot of folks, 
The Emperor's Royal Guard is the Boba Fett of Return of Jedi. They don't see anything. They look really awesome, but they don't get to do anything. <laughs> Very similar to uh, Boba Fett's role in, in uh, Empire Strikes Back. I don't know. There's something about like in the Imperials, because the vast majority of Imperials are either clad in white or black. Very monochromatic. And the red just so pops against everything else in the Empire, at least, you know, in, in the original trilogy area, era. Uh, you know, we didn't have the multicolored stormtroopers back in the original era. Um, so seeing those guys show up and come off that shuttle Tidarian, which I'm also a huge fan of. And it, they were so striking. And like these are the guys protecting the emperor. I mean, the emperor. So, I mean, you know, they've got to be some of the most elite of the empire's uh, troopers. So, Yeah, absolutely. I think you've completely nailed it there the the Boba Fett of Return of a Jedi. I love that. I'm, I mean, the fact that you just don't hear anything from them. They don't give anything away vocally and they don't give anything away really visually, do they? You just look at the helmet and it's and it's actually really, really plain. Everything about it is it just doesn't give anything away. I know as a kid, I kind of always imagined that they could like electrostatically like freeze their their outer robes and they could sneak out. And like you would think that the guards were standing there by the emperor or, you know, position and you could go after them. But then they'd actually be lurking in the shadows and like come out after you, you know, giving you that misdirection that because they Brilliant. look almost like a statue just standing there. But because of the nature of the uniform, it could actually like it could just be just a, a mannequin sitting there. and You wouldn't know it until you actually like try to sink your shoot a blaster into him or something. Yeah. I mean, very much like the Royal Guards. I mean, f for me, you know, in in London, Buckingham Palace and all that, you, you're seeing the, the Royal Guards just stock still outside the Royal Residences. So, yeah, I completely get oh, yeah. it. Love yeah, it. I doubt the uh, Emperor was as forgiving as maybe the, the supervisors <laughs> for the Buckingham Palace guards are. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Well, let, let's start with your collection then. And, you know, we're focusing on on the baddies tonight we are looking at the emperor's royal guard so in any order which you wish from from your collection which i know you you shared some photographs but let, let's talk about it your emperor's royal guard collection talk me through it well it, it all starts with my original royal guard which i i still have um so i have a large cabinet display of like modern vintage collection so i'm trying to put together a modern run of the card backs and then i in front of them, I have um, my actual vintage figure so that you see like the original vintage next to what the modern interpretation of it is. So the one that sits in, in that cabinet, the Royal Guard that sits in there is actually my childhood Royal Guard. And he's not Brilliant. the best one that I have, but he's the one that kind of set that ship on its path. I was of an age where I, I have a vague memory of going to see Empire. I was still very young, but I was old enough in 83 that I actually do remember going to the theater and watching the movie very vividly. And after the movie was over, my folks said, okay, we're going to go to Toys R Us and you can pick up two figures. Totally excited. I mean, I'm just jazzed coming out of this movie. I'm like, okay, we get there. And I find a Jedi Luke. And I also found the Emperor's Royal Guard, which, you know, it's just that card back, the figure design, everything about it is just so perfect and just, to me, it's one of the most beautiful of all the original trilogy card backs. 
so yeah, I mean, it was always kind of a favorite figure. I never managed to get more as a kid. I always I got at least one of everything, but I never had like troop builders or anything. But then you know I started recollecting and. Oh man, I loved Royal Guards, and then I would just like, oh, I need to get some more, and and started picking up some here and there when they they weren't that nearly as expensive as they are today. I mean, and, and they're not even like a high end tier figure, but they're still. I mean, they're not the low end. Um, so it's just it's getting hard to. I forget what the uh, conversion rate is, but it's it's pushing on fifty dollars for a complete uh, Royal Guard these days. So army building is getting a little steeper. An entire legion of my best troops awaits them. Oh, I'm afraid the deflector shield will be quite operational when your friends arrive. I sent some pictures of a collection that I was, I've had the great fortune. I live in the Pacific Northwest, which is home to some of the most amazing collections of Star Wars that you can find anywhere on this planet. It's amazing. In the collection of Vic and Lisa Stevens, uh, they actually have the original airbrush photo art for the card back. Oh, brilliant. I remember walking in, walking through their collection and looking up, and they have several of the original airbrush artworks. And to see that one sitting there, I was just like, mind blown. Oh, it, wow. it was just such a cool item to see. And it's just like, it's the original artwork. It's not a copy, so... I can I can see that now, and the people viewing on uh, on YouTube will be able to see that as well. And that's that's wonderful, really good. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking at another one. You you've just sent me three photographs. Uh, okay, so well, we, we can talk about all three of those if you like. Yeah. So they also have a ridiculously large collection of. I believe these are hard copies. Right. And I mean, you can see they've got like a crazy amount of uh, Leia Bushes. Um, they've got like the prototype for uh, the Death Star droid with the alternate head. And then there's two Royal Guards in that batch. Obviously, they were playing with different colors of cloaks with a brighter red or a deeper red. And so that's a really cool item. You don't see many of those around. And yeah, the other absolutely. one. Absolutely. Uh, you, you just completely distracted me with that. Death Star droid, that's wonderful. But yeah, oh, the, the yeah, two and, colors... and those are hard copies down below of, the, of some of the vehicles. Which is, I mean, this, yeah. if you ever get a chance to come out to the Northwest and get to see some of these collections, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> so, uh, but right. yeah, that's that's amazing. They're really really good. And the the third image I sent you is, uh, I guess they were playing with ideas of back metalizing the helmet on the Royal Guard. So this is one of the samples of the vac metalized helmet. Oh, wow. which is oh yeah, and there's a a Tie Fighter pilot next to it, which is also just as as amazing. Oh goodness me, these these are great. Now hopefully we'll be able to uh, share these with our listeners. I mean, I mean yes, what a collection. I'm just scanning to the left, and they've got a um, looks like I can't quite make it out a J or an L slot rocket firing Boba Fett there but I have yeah. never seen that TIE fighter before the TIE fighter pilot or the back metalized Emperor's Royal Guard those two, they're wonderful oh right. it's it's amazing and yeah I've been very lucky to be able to, to, to visit their house twice so uh, they're an awesome part of our local community so oh wow 
just please once again just tell me their names uh vic and lisa stevens right okay brilliant wonderful that's really really great yeah i mean so i mean as far as like prototypes and stuff like i i don't have any of that kind of stuff but i i've had the good fortune of seeing items like that um i know over there in, in europe uh was it mateus Rendhall has an yeah. amazing uh, run of royal guard prototype items which i believe there's a um vintage pod they have an entire episode where they talk to him specifically about his collection so yeah. if you want to see what he has in his collection definitely check out that yeah no fantastic matthias is he's got a an incredible collection of so many different things both 2d and 3d yeah wonderful but for me you know i've been working on putting together like a carded run there, there's a, still a handful that i'm missing but it's coming along. I, I, at Celebration a couple of years ago, I actually managed to get my hands on a PBP Royal Guard that this guy had purchased. But then when they got shipped in the mail, they hadn't secured the bubble super well. And the, and the guard had smashed through the top of the bubble. So it was just oh, no. a beautiful card back, beautiful bubble, except it had shattered at the top of the bubble. So I was able to get that as a huge steal because i mean it, it normally th those would be especially in that condition would be well out of my budget range but uh that was something i was very fortunate to get my hands on yeah having looked at that they because i did see that i did see that sort of cheeky little pvp sticker on that card back which gives that one away but they're um yeah particularly hard to find i mean i use star wars tracker quite often and i know that people say that the palatoy trilogo ones are hard to find and they're the same oh, frequency, eight in the last really, 10 years. I love to get my hands on, but you know those come up very rarely and they always come in at a premium. Yeah. So, and right. with two kids, it's hard to justify. <laughs> it's really expensive uh, card back. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. So the PVP, you've got a, a great one then because, yeah, tragic that that bubble damage happened. But if you can still display it, you know, in a, oh, a nice piece of yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah. congratulations to you for that one. Did I see a Meccano one? In your There's collection? a Meccano card back. I have um, Meccano. That's the French, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I so so that's just a card back. I also have the British one. Uh, what's that? I'm rusty. So you've got the the oh. Palatoy. Yes, I have a Palatoy card. I, and so I basically, the ones that are just push out of my budget range, I, I, I get I work on getting the card backs. I've been trying to get, yeah. I've got a friend who has a uh, Lily Letty card back that he might sell to me when he fi actually gets his hands on a carded version. So I do ha also have a, a Letty uh, guard that I got at a couple celebrations ago. And some guy on Facebook was posting these like laser cut acrylic stands. It basically it was like etched in clear plastic, the art of the card back. So this happened to be the Lily Letty card back that was etched into the plastic and it's a, a display stand for a figure. So that's actually what mine is sitting on in that image. Oh, wow. Okay. Wonderful. So, yeah. And on that same shelf, it's kind of like my uh, international shelf. Uh, some of it's modern, but there are a few. There's a um, a German button that it's kind of like Darth Vader in the elevator in the Emperor's throne room with two guards flanking him. It's like maybe a one-inch button. There's a one-inch vintage 83 uh, 
button from Holland that just features like that, that standard clip art of the Royal Guard on kind of a gray background. It's slightly bigger than the German. And then I've got two of the Dutch trading cards from 83 that feature Royal Guards. Then a whole bunch of, oh, is, this, is that Italian? I think that's the Italian sticker set, which has the Royal Guard and the Shuttle Tiderian on it. Brilliant. I, I have a love of foreign stuff, so I, I try and grab it whenever I can. So there's a, also these, um, there's like this little keychain in, in the back of the photo. It's, it's this really thin plastic. Think like super thin styrene. You, know, you use that kind of plastic that doesn't age well and it just shatters really easily. Well, it's a little keychain, probably inch by two inches wide features. It's got the Darth Vader with two royal guards flanking him. I also have a larger version uh, that came. Oh, these are both from Mexico. And it was like a thin poster. So it's maybe nine inches by 13 or so. It's about the size of a sheet of paper. And I guess they were just produced really cheaply for people to basically put a pin through the top of it and hang it as a decoration in their room as a poster. And so those were kind of a couple of rare items that I managed to get at a celebration several years ago as far as vintage. Yeah, wonderful. I'm looking at some of your items now. So you've got the, um, yeah, the bookmarks, various pen toppers, a variety of cups and glasses. You've got a really fetching satchel. Or uh, it looks like a school bag. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what what company's behind that, do you know? So a lot of that stuff is Adam Joseph, but I'm not convinced this also is. Yeah. This is, no, this is Adam Joseph. Yeah. Oh, it's Adam Joseph as well, right. Okay. Yeah, so they're the same folks that would have done, uh, you know, the, the coin bank, the yeah. necklaces, oh, so many things. Yeah, absolutely. You've got the various stationary items there as well, but that that baggage just jumped out as one which I hadn't seen before. It's really really nice. Yeah, one of my favorites is actually it's got the original tags with it. It's never ever really been used. Yeah, Adam Joseph did a lot of stuff, used a lot of that clip art, threw it on there. I know there's like a trucker hat that you can get with that same artwork with Vader kind of doing the arms crossed thing with flanked by the Royal Guards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the Royal Guards were used pretty heavily in the marketing of, of Return of the Jedi. I know um, I also have the five-foot standee of the Royal Guard, which was used for jewelry. For I was going to come to that. I've just yeah. seen that. Yeah, that photograph. That's that's brilliant. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful piece because it, it, it kind of predates those like full-size standees of characters that people would get, but there would be like metal hooks off the front of it where they would put um, like the little jewelry or necklaces or whatnot. Brilliant. What would you say is your favorite piece from Beyond the Toys? Okay, so for just flat out weird stuff, two of my favorite items. One is the Royal Guard chicken from the Muppets crossover line with Star Wars. It is a removable <laughs> helmet, Royal Guard helmet on a chicken. Okay. It's just the most bizarre thing ever. Uh, another thing I really like on that foreign shelf is a Royal Guard perfume out of Germany. I Now I saw that packaging and I thought that looks like some sort of cologne or perfume. Right. Okay. 
Yeah, and it's beautifully sculpted. I mean, this is beautiful design. The packaging is fantastic. It was a little difficult getting my hands on because they normally don't like shipping uh, aerosols overseas. Uh, so I kind of had to go to eBay for that one and find someone who's willing to uh, not be completely honest on their uh, uh, forms. <laughs> but yeah. I was able to get my hands on that, which was really cool. There's a chess set that Royal Sanglor did. It's all pewter a few years nice. ago. Yep. So like the Imperials and, and the uh, Rebels. Well, there was a two-pack that was the Imperial officer and a Royal Guard. But it has a very – the sculpt itself is very unique. It, it has like a ghoulish appearance. The, the face is more elongated than it should be. And it has more of like a horror slash – a ghostly appearance, which, you know, the things that are, are just kind of different always kind of catch my eye and I kind of obsess about them. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't blame you whatsoever. Yeah, just catching up with these images which you which you sent. They um yeah, coins, figures, truly wonderful. What's the story behind the white one? Oh, that's a custom I made. Uh there was a, a guy on Facebook that was doing a whole bunch of he did like a whole um rainbow of all these royal guards and i was particularly struck at the appearance of of the white clad uh royal guard so white helmet white cloak so that that's a custom that i made um just same like the there, there's a I, I made a custom vintage headman i made a modern custom headman um, because i mean those are just ridiculous how expensive those things get yeah indeed and i wanted to have something that would represent because that is a major vintage bootleg variation of the Royal Guard. So that was kind of important for me to yeah. get have some sort of re representation of those in there. So, Yeah, good for you. Good for you. And you've got some wonderful artwork as well. You've got a, a mixture of, I can see, postcards and, and various different, as well as the old Regresso, which we've spoken about already. Yeah, you yeah. There's, I have a couple pieces from uh, Ken Simmons, some of his original prints. No, no, not the original like negatives or anything, but like prints from his photography. As I started with Royal Guards, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do a focus collection. Because I think it was around the time that the, the Tamashii Nation started releasing those samurai-inspired Royal Guard figures. And I'm, I'm like, not oh. as familiar with those, if you, if you wouldn't mind explaining. So yeah, they basically fun. take the Star Wars character designs and they throw a feudal Japanese influence on, on it, which, you know, Star Wars is heavily influenced by some of that samurai aesthetic. And But they were making, they made Vader and a Stormtrooper. And I was like, oh, those are really cool. And I was like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not collecting those. And then they made the Royal Guard. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> They've done <laughs> it. I have to get the Royal Guard because it's just, it's too cool. And I'm like, how am I going to stop myself from buying all those? Cause like I'm a three and three quarter inch collector, you know, first and foremost. And I'm like, how? And I was like, no, the Royal Guard is a focus collection. So I, it's not part of a Japanese uh, samurai action figure uh, collection. It's part of a Royal Guard collection. So it's very freeing in a way for me. It's having that Royal Guard collection. Now I can go out and buy oddball things 
and not feel like I need to get all the other oddball things that go with it. And it's just, it's an ability to dabble in things. It's it usually row guards usually get hit if they do somewhere in the 20 to 40 different character range. So, I mean, there's a good number of items that, you know, I've got a chance, I've got a, a motivation to go out there and get, but I'm not obligated. Like if you're a Darth Vader focus collector, R2D2, Yoda, God forbid, baby Yoda, it's on everything. And it's just like the, the, the dream of even being a completionist is just insanely difficult. So, I mean, you know, going with World Guards, I'm like, okay, this this isn't going to be too bad. You know, this is going to be a limited amount of stuff that I'm going to be pursuing. But every year that I've done this, and it's just like more and more stuff just keeps turning up, turning up, turning up. And it's like, oh, I didn't know about that. I didn't see that before. And it's just like, where has this item been? Like, I had never seen those Mexican plastic signs or keychains before until i saw them at celebration yeah right okay how have i never even heard of these items let alone seen one so yeah i know there's some characters out there you can get and it's very limiting on how much you can find but the royal guard it was it's surprisingly large amount of stuff i mean i've just i have just a drop in the bucket of what's out there and i'm just talking like commercially made and i'm not talking prototypes one-offs art pieces and the like so yeah looking for your collection i do like the fact and, and i completely agree with you the fact that you can dip in and out of, of different collecting areas just to fulfill your not your obligations as a focus collector but just to just to sort of you know i, I, I don't know just diversify what you have uh, and it's clearly working so you've got quite a large modern collection as well haven't you yeah, so I have a complete run of vintage, and then I've been I've had to refocus a couple times because like when I first got in back into to collecting in 2005, I was buying clones. I was like, oh, these are really cool. And then after a year or two, and I started thinking about what am I actually doing buying all these, I started moving more heavily to the original trilogy and like pushing out other stuff. Now, I'll still buy an occasional thing that's outside of the original trilogy, but it's much fewer and more far between. Um, I love building custom displays for dioramas. I love doing photography with action figures. So, um, yeah, it's it's lots and lots of shelves of dioramas and action figures set up yeah. in. And I think around that 2005, it was getting on the forums, in particular, uh, the artwork of Stephen Hayford. I don't know if you remember, like on the Star Wars website, they would do like, there'd be like this action figure holiday image. So it'd be like 4th of July and Darth Vader's barbecue and hot dogs for Leia and Luke. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of have like a, a fun sense of humor. And um, yeah, the, this guy who does all that work, he was kind of like an official artist for Lucasfilm. He's done art pieces like Trooper Break, uh, which is like, it's like the lounge room in the Death Star where all the troopers go on their coffee break. And there's two co- troopers sitting there talking on, talking over a cup of coffee. One's reading the Imperial Times. One's checking his Facebook feed. You know, it's just kind of this like the behind the scenes real life of what the stormtroopers were living. And it's Love this it. beautiful photography that he does. And it's all action figures. Brilliant. So, oh, I love that. 
No, he's he's an amazing artist. I'm sure you've probably come across his work before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Can I ask you on? you've got your cabinets there pretty much central in the middle one it looks like some sort of wooden i'm not quite sure what it is it's on the same shelf as some of your larger emperor's royal guards ah uh, hold on let me just it almost looks like it's it's not a mini child's toboggan but it's like a oh. wooden thing yes it's a um wooden tiki paddle right tell me about that please that was made by a good friend of mine, Daryl Whitlow, which I believe you will be talking to or, or already have talked to on this episode, who is a uh, emperor collector. And um, he's a good friend of many of the folks here in the Seattle area. And he sent during the, was it the early days of the pandemic, he was getting into wood burning and whatnot. So he sent over this like gift package to some of my friends. And I'm at a, this, this is definitely before the pandemic. So because we, we got together at a party and I say, hey, Daryl sent something for you. I'm like, what? <laughs> Daryl sent me something? And he had made this custom tiki paddle. It's just absolutely beautiful work. Let me go grab a quick yeah. photo of that so you can see that better. Please. Thank you so much. That's brilliant. That's one of the cool things about um, getting known in the community, especially when you have a particular focus is you find that items start kind of coming to you. You're not necessarily always having to seek them out anymore. Opportunities and items start flowing to you because people start looking out for you. Going back to that that Mexican um, poster, one of my friends bought that for me. Oh, actually, she bought it at Celebration. I said, hey, I saw this. I knew it was going to sell really quickly, so I grabbed it for you. Oh, how <laughs> so wonderful. It's wonderful. I was like, ah, you're spending my money, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably would have caved. Actually, I don't know if I would have caved on that, but I, I'm so glad she did. Amy Sobert, also amazing collector. She's an Ewok gal. Yeah. Um, so. Now that tiki paddle is brilliant. Really, really cool. We're we're big fans of tiki on Generation Skywalker. So that's definitely, uh, definitely something mega cool. I'm liking that a lot. Oh, this is yeah, brilliant. I, Geeky Tiki's is supposed. I think they showed a prototype of their Royal Guard right before celebration, so I think that should be coming in the next year or so. Yeah, we're going to be doing a uh, a special episode uh, with Geeky Tiki's very soon because we have been doing a little sort of collab with them, and we're all fans. So what we've had oh, stuff sent over from them. You know, I, I ended up ordering their Falcon and, and we've all got the arcades and, and various different things. So no, we're real fans of Geeky Tiki's. I think their Star Wars range is brilliant. So that paddle is something else. Yeah, I was complete on those for the first two waves and then it was just like an explosion of product. I was like, ah, <laughs> I don't have space for all of that. Well, there's one thing which you do have space for and it <clears throat> really is a showstopper sort of stand still and look. You have a life-size, it certainly looks a life-size Emperor's Royal Guard in your collection room. Yeah, so actually it's funny because it, it it came from a different place. So right after the first celebration I went to, Anaheim, I want to say in 2014, 2015, um, Anovos was putting up pre-orders for Stormtrooper kits for costumes. And if you got in really early, it was a very good value. So I, I ordered it. And like, if anyone who's worked with the Novus, it's a couple of years later, it finally showed up. And 
I never got around to building it. It just sat and it sat and it sat. And uh, the more I kept thinking about it, like, yeah, I love stormtroopers, but I'm a Royal Guard guy. I, I need to have a Royal Guard. So I ended up selling that stormtrooper kit to a friend and was able to basically finance most of putting together a complete costume for a Royal Guard. Now, of course, most of those items, like the cloak I, I ordered, the boots I ordered separately, there's a brilliant run that this guy did off the RPF, the replica prop forum. These, um, the force pike is absolutely beautiful. It's solid metal. It is just as accurate as they can get without getting their hands on one in the Lucas archives. But the helmet, I, I, had, I purchased an unfinished one and it sat for years and I'm like, oh man, I got to finish that helmet one of these days. And it just kept sitting and sitting and sitting. And then earlier this spring, one of my friends who's in the 501st says, hey, buddy, uh, have you finished your Royal Guard yet? I'm like, no, it's, it's close, but I, I still got to paint it and all that. He's like, well, there's a local convention here in the Seattle area called uh, SummerCon. And as their headlining guest, they were getting Ian McDermott to come. And they're doing a big theme about him. They were going to have, you know, an emperor's chair for him to sit in, a nice big backdrop. And they really wanted to have at least one, if not more, royal guards to be there with the emperor for all the photo ops. So this opportunity was presented before me. I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to get my helmet finished. So over the next two months during celebration, I was working on getting that completed and was able to complete that in time and got it set up, got to meet Ian, had photos with my Royal Guard and him. In fact, he uh, signed the inside of my helmet. Oh, absolutely outstanding. What a yeah. brilliant incentive to get it done, you know, to be that final, come on, get on, <laughs> Let, let's do it. And what a result for you. Brilliant. Yeah. And of course, well, I'm, it's a very imposing because I'm a very tall guy. So I'm, I'm about two meters tall. And wow. so it's, I'm the same height as uh, David Prowse. I don't have his build, but I'm the same height as David Prowse. So my Royal guard is, vader sized so it's huge and it's it's intimidating but i don't think my wife is completely sold on being able to see it as she walks through her house all the time it's <laughs> excellent you may not enter deleted scenes in the return of the jedi where you see a little bit more sort of standoff between jejerod and vader can yes you, can you recall those yeah and, and the guards actually pull, pull their pikes up like they're yeah. going to them to resist vader yeah yeah that i mean that was i, I can see why they cut it but actually that when you watch that as a deleted scene, you know, as a super fan, as, as we all are, when we watched, <laughs> when we got the Blu-rays and we were desperate to watch the uh, deleted scenes, it just showed a different oh. dynamic, didn't it? Yeah, the other ideas that they had, you know, so one of the key problems with the, 
as, as beautiful as a design as it is, it is completely impractical. I mean, you cannot turn your head. You can barely see anything inside that helmet. Not to mention the humidity that's building up extremely rapidly because it's like a, uh, a diving bell. There's just nowhere for the air or yeah. the moisture to go. And so like actually to have put them into a fighting sequence in the movie, especially in 83, would have been exceptionally difficult. So I totally understand why any kind of action would have been severely limited with them. Just the nature of the costume did not, was not conducive for a fighting sequence. But I think you're, you're absolutely right, and I, I agree with you, which is even more of a reason why they just had them stood still, not saying anything, just looking menacing, just looking moody, as you say, like Boba Fett did previously. Yeah. You know, you, well, you, you know, the, rep, the Emperor might still have been there if, they, if the Emperor hadn't have dismissed them when Luke arrived. So, mm. Well, we will never know, will we? Yeah. <laughs> We've already kind of hinted at it. You know, we, we've seen what Daryl made uh, with you with the Tiki board, but swag now is a huge part of our collecting and it's a huge part of celebrations. It looks like you've got quite a few swag items as well from Emperor's Royal Guard. So speaking of Daryl, he and um, Chris Logie, they were part of this uh, group that was doing the, called the Brew Crew Patches. That's and right, they got yeah involved with that so with the second round of those i was the sponsor on those and was again this last celebration so yeah i and then my local seattle folks first they showed me the, the the making your own buttons and then they were making custom cast like vintage figures with a sarlacc arm sculpted in around holding the figure and then they made actual like card backs and carded them it just it's insane what some of these folks levels they go to for making swag. But yeah, I have a pile of patches in that lower photo uh, or in that case, I haven't figured out how to display them yet because I have so many of them. Um, I was able to go over and see some of the 501st uh, trading event and was able to get my hands on it through a trade one of these beautiful sovereign protector patches that's really large it's one of my favorite things i brought home from celebration this last time fantastic oh excellent stuff oh well, uh yeah i mean for the solid group we did like bottle caps i i was the sponsor on the royal guard one um oh, oh so one of the things that i started doing was i started making up these little wooden dowel miniature figures and I made up these Royal Guards and I was training them at the first celebration. All my friends from Seattle were like, oh, hey, how do I get one? I was like, I have a special way for you guys to get one. Every time. So whenever someone hosts a Sarlacc meeting in the Seattle area, I would take one and hide it in their collection somewhere. And that's Brilliant. the way they would get theirs. So I would just sneak it in somewhere. And I know some people, it took them years to find it. Some people found it that night. Um, I usually try and find it in inconspicuous place to hide it off in a little corner and at some point they would just come across it and like hey there's your royal guard so <laughs> you're like chrissy easter bunny for star wars collectors yeah <laughs> that's excellent well mate chris thank you so much for joining us this evening and sharing your love 
and passion for the Emperor's Royal Guard. Your collection items, buddy, which you've shared with me are absolutely brilliant. And thank you once again for also sharing. It was uh, Vic and... Lisa Stevens, yes. Yeah, Vic and Lisa they're, they're Stevens. Um, yeah, amazing. We also have the amazing Gus Lopez's collection, which he has one of the production-made but not film-used Royal Guard helmets, because I guess all the original helmets are still in the Lucasfilm archives. But there were alternates that were made as backups. So I've been able to put my eyeballs directly on, on one of those, which is a really cool thing to be able to see. Oh, fantastic, yeah. Wonderful. Well, I will give you a bell if I'm ever in Seattle because, yeah, it's it certainly... I, I love talking Star Wars. I love looking at other people's collections and stuff like that, buddy. So thank you so much. Hey, how can people find you online? I'm on Facebook. I, I, I only have enough time and energy for one social media platform. Okay. So I'm just Chris Moorhead on Facebook. Uh, I'm on the Galaxy of Toys podcast fairly regularly um, when my schedule allows it to make it on there. And right. uh, I'm also the person running the Emperor's Royal Guard Collector's group on facebook so if you have a love of royal guards and you haven't heard about it ask to get in and I'll, I'll let you in absolutely i am a member of that group and it's great to see such a sea of red and uh, wonderful royal guards but chris thank you so much once again for joining us it's been brilliant chatting with you you are generation skywalker thank you so much my friend thank you Brilliant, lovely, thank you ever so much. Now let's go over to Mark Baker and Mark Andrews to talk about the Emperor's Royal Guard variations. Here we're going to have a quick chat about I think one of the cooler figures that, you know, in the Jedi line and, you know, one of my personal favorites anyway, the Royal Guard. Tell us a little bit about the Kenner variations of this figure. We've got three mold types produced for Kenner. But if we talk about the first family, that's Kader. Now, Kader is a three line figure. It's distinguishable by its fluffy, thick red cape, almost like a bit like Fuzzy Felt. Do you remember Fuzzy Felt, Mark? No, I can't say I do, mate. At first impression, if you were looking at all three figures, unless you get the sort of magnifying glass out and you've got an incredible eye for shades of red, you could be forgiven for thinking they're all identical. But with a bit of study, there are some distinguishing things to look for. So I'd say with Kader, it's the fluffy, thick material and a deep blood red helmet. Another identifier for Kader is if you can imagine the Royal Guard's head or mask, it's got a where its chin would be, that is very pointed, and that's the only one of the three families that has a pointed chin. The other two families, you'd probably say they were rounded. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fair to say. I mean, having done the guide on this, for me, still the easiest way is just to, to actually look at the COO. You can see the colours, and you kind of get a bit of an eye for it after a while, but generally speaking, just turning the figure over and looking, looking at the COO on the back of the leg is always the best foolproof go-to. Yeah, well, we are fortunate with this figure that we've got three separate twos to identify them with. But just pointers, we've got a few things that we can look out for. 
later on, this mold then went to Mexico for Lily Ledwell. The COO stayed the same. So difficult to distinguish unless, unless you know what you're looking for. So again, they've got a thick material, usually in dark red, but I think there is a lighter red as well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, yeah, it's like a, like a mid-red sort of colour, but that's, that's pretty hard to find that one. Yeah, the helmet is, is dark. It's a, more of a true red rather than the Kenna one being a dark red. I found that every one of my lady figures, I know it's rude to look up skirts, but if you peel the back of the skirt slightly apart and lift it, lift it up, you'll see white stitching, and that's always been a really good tell. I've heard that some has red stitching, but I've never seen one of those. Yeah, and you get some mixed as well, you know, with a, a white and red, uh, depending on which part of the cloak you're looking at. So there's a few tells. So moving on to family two, we've got a uni toy. This is probably the hardest to find because I think it was a short run before it went to the general European market. And when it did, the COO was scarred out. The uni toy no COO, it generally is a very smooth COO. And, you know, they're not too hard to find. You can see them around the place mostly Europe as it goes, because that was who was receiving those figures at that late point in time. There is a, they call a rough scar COO as well, which in my opinion, isn't a, a variant. You can find different levels of pitting between the very smooth version to the very rough version. So that indicates to me that the actual filler that they used for that uh, COO removal was degraded and it sort of pitted over time. And then perhaps it was repaired again, not sure. I've heard some people talk about it as being a Meccano exclusive and uh, something that is found as part of that run. They have turned up elsewhere. I don't see this as a Meccano exclusive. I just see this as a degraded bit of filler. I think it's a factory error more so than a, a variant. I, I would imagine that there are an equal amount of smooth scars that were also sent to Meccano because they wouldn't just be wouldn't be a short bastard. So they would have they would have sent so many thousand over there. Some had degraded scars, some had smooth scars. Exactly. Probably some released in Europe as well. Is it fair to say that this was a tri logo figure? It, it more than likely would be, just because of the that era, that period of time, anything from seventy seven back through the power of the force probably have the COA removed at that point. And I mean, those those rough scar ones are probably just a batch that just, they happened to pick up on. There was a small amount of them made. They fixed it. They carried on producing. So uh, it just happened to be that it was Palatoy slash Meccano who ordered that particular batch more so than anything else. And then the third family we've got is, is Taiwan. Obviously easy to spot from the COO, but you'll notice this by its very thin, I've got one in front of me, it's very thin, flimsy cape. I mean, they're also the most common. The Taiwan uh, Emperor's Royal Guard is, is pretty much ubiquitous. It doesn't matter whether you're in the States or the furthest corner of the world. That's more than likely the, the Royal Guard that you're going to turn up. So that's about the three moulds complete. With the Liddy Leddy again, as you said, there's not much between them. When you've got the two side by side, uh, you can see on the Liddy Leddy one, it still has the Made in Hong Kong COO. Uh, why is that? I mean, the figure was made in Mexico. So why would it have a, a Hong Kong COO? Well, this is one of the moulds that was sent over and wasn't altered. I would imagine that the rules of production in Mexico weren't as strict to say Spain, or although they had to be manufactured in Mexico, there was no ruling to say it had to be stamped made in Mexico. So they were quite happy to just to use the use the mould that was sent to them from Canada. Yeah, I mean, like they they didn't really have a history of altering COOs in the same way that uh, like PVP did, did they? I mean, they tended to just use what was sent to them. Under the staff for the Royal Guard, there's no way of easily describing the sort of thing here. So we'd recommend everyone just go over to the Variant Villains website 
uh, look under accessories and have a look at the Royal Guard staff guide that I did up in there. In a nutshell, what are the kind of key things you're looking for? And tell us a little bit about the staff. Well, I, I think rather than trying to see what you've got, it's a process of elimination. So the first thing you need to do is to see if you've got any marks on there, like EPMs. If you've two circles on there, Bob's your uncle, you know straight away that's a Kader or a Lily Lady. So that's the only one of the three that has EPMs. So that's that's a great identifier. And then it's a little bit more complicated. You need to look at quite closely. Um, the second identifier to see if you've got a Taiwan force pike is maybe not look at the shades because they do come in various ones, but there's a little top grip. There's two ribbed hand holders. The top one has got a little kink at the top. I call it a bulge in the guide. It's sort of, it's, it's, it's a bit asymmetrical, isn't it? Kind of like it bumps out on one side and you can really see it from some distance away, which is a, a good little tell. I don't know, all this talk of bulges and shafts. <laughs> so if it's got a bulge on the shaft, then, then that is a Taiwan staff. And if it doesn't have either of them, you can pretty much say it's a Unitoy. I think that's pretty safe. And the Unitoy, when I first did the guide, actually, I missed this second. There's, a, there's another sculpt, and that seemed to have a later version of it. And so I've paired that, the larger, the wider Unitoy staff with my Noco, because that seems to be the more common pairing that I've found around the place. I'm sure there's a mix, but that seems to be the more yeah. common pairing. I think maybe we're going too far down the rabbit hole there, but... Uh... Yeah, for the purists, that's a bit of extra information. We've been down the rabbit hole for years, mate. There's no way out. And so lastly, your Liddy Liddy one. It's the same as the the Kader, so with the EPMs. Yeah, exactly the same with the EPMs, but this is a definite darker grey. Well, the, the darker grey is the, the, the very, that's that's quite a rare one. Yeah, even the, even the mid grey of the Liddy Liddy is still darker than the... Yes, yeah. So as long as it's darker than the Kenna one, let's hope it's... Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, there's always the little tells as well. You know, they seem to have just uh, the way that they broke them off from the um, the sprue tree is a little bit rougher or they cut into it a little bit. The plastics themselves have got kind of rougher feel to them or, you know, little signs of being poorly in injected into the mold and little defects like that, which are another tell. All right, then that's a wrap as far as the Emperor's Royal Guard's concerned. Thanks, Jez. Thanks for having us on another episode of The Old Fossils. See you again next episode. Lads, thank you so much. Slightly concerned when I started hearing Mark talk about upskirting shafts and bulges, but we'll move on, family show. So lads, we're at that section now where we talk about our own findings. Now I know what carded figures you've got, but Emperor's Royal Guards, you're a focus collector, you want to get amongst it. What pieces of wonderful Emperor's Royal Guard merchandise have you found? Jez? Yes. Before we get too much into that, because um, I'm sitting here and I've got I've got quite a few little bits and pieces of Emperor's Royal Guard. I'm just thinking, oh, a nice shelf would be really, really nice of the Emperor's Royal Guard. So I just thought, oh, I wonder if there's any storyboards. So I've just opened up my storyboards, uh, storyboards book. And there is a beautiful storyboard that you can get, which has got the shuttle and it's got all the troops and it's got the Emperor's Royal Guard. It's also got an Imperial Dignitary, a little black dot of the Imperial Dignitary standing mm. in it. So um, it's, it's ticking all the boxes for a double 
double whammy there, but um, lovely storyboard to get oh, four Imperial Guards in there. That looked lovely next to your 7-Eleven Cup as well, Stu. Yeah, I'll oh. have to... <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Good find. Now I'm going to skate over to Dan, who I think has got something else to add. So yeah, I am going to talk... Well, I've got two items, actually. Two for the price of one. So we've got some roller skates from a company called uh, Brookfield Athletic. So they, they produce these these roller skates and it's got some lovely artwork with Darth Vader flanked by two Emperor's Royal Guards. But that's not as good as, that's not, that's not the end of the story. As well as roller skates, they did ice skates. Guess what, Dan? <laughs> What's that? I have What's got that? an ice skate. I've got the ice skates in my hand right now. Oh my God. <laughs> ice skates, that's mad. I, that? I've got the roller skates. Oh, they don't fit me. Like skate fans. <laughs> Skate you, just, you lot, you lot, are mental. I, I thought these were like proper. I love them. Items that you guys have got. No, you know, I've when I when I bought these, Dan, I saw yeah. these when I was first thinking about Emperor's Royal Guard, and I couldn't find any in the UK. And I found them on eBay US, and I think they were like twenty dollars for the, for the ice skates. These have been used, so the metal could do a bit of a, a bit of a shine up, and it's always been on my to do list. And the woman was really funny that sold them to me because she, she kept messaging me again. Yeah, but they're $20, but it's going to cost me $25 to send them to the UK. And I was like, yeah, I want them. And it took me ages to talk her into sending them. She was like, well, there's more money to send them than it is for you to buy them. I was like, yeah, I'm happy. Can you just um, <laughs> just sell them? Yeah, that's my problem, love. Just do it. I will give you the money. <laughs> yeah. No, I so, love yeah, them. I yeah, they are yeah, a bit different. I've I've just looked up. Well, I looked I looked them up in um, the Tomart Price Guide, and yeah, I'm guessing that's where where Stuart first spotted them as well. Got got his sights set on a set of ice skates. They come in your size, G. These are tiny. Um, oh, I'll be all right then. <laughs> Slip them on. <laughs> I always thought they'd be perfect because it's a double blade on the ice skate. They they stand really nicely, and my my thing was always to to clean them up. up. I've never got around to doing it. Claire's face was a picture when these arrived. Out of everything I've ever bought, she was like, what on earth are they? It's like... I don't know what it is, but I saw, I don't know if it was in Ian Sanderson's penultimate house in the UK or his final house in the UK. So Ian, I've known for quite a while. In fact, Ian rented my house when uh, just before he, he went to America so I, I saw Ian on several occasions as we were sort of, um, when I say we, as he was selling me stuff. And I saw these roller boots and I was just like, yeah, I really, really like them. But at the time I was just focused on carded figures. So I think I'm, I'm letting this out there now. If I see a pair of these roller boots or roller skates, but I think the roller boots are more likely at Echo or Father's Trump, I'm, I'm really, really up for getting those. I think they're great. They, they are lovely. And I think some of this is who used the clip art the best. And this is a really good example that the box is, is stunning. What, what I really like about it is very of its time, Starlight Express style kind of roller boot that's been either shot on a long exposure and rolled <laughs> forward. So it's kind of streaking out of the box at you. And the, the, the whole red and grey and black livery of both the box and the actual boots it's just they're just great i think that so it's a, it's a fun item it represents our character well i can totally picture myself breaking my neck 
using those in the 80s as a child. You remember, you know, you had roller boots and you had the little front stopper. You'd lean forward, centre of gravity would go forward, over you'd go. And then a few years later, they realised, oh, actually, if we put a heel stopper on, that's a little bit better, a little bit safer. But these just look brilliant. You're absolutely right with that whole sort of train motion effect. But the, the packaging with the red guards, the royal guards sort of either side of uh, Vader and then in the back you clearly looks like you're in some sort of imperial establishment and the white text on the black background to Return of a Jedi. Uh, I think they're brilliant. I really, really love them. And the ice skates as well. So yeah, great find, Dan. Nice one. Craig, store displays. Talk to me, Goose. Yeah, I think there's a there's a, quite a, a number of nice figural items for this character. Um, but I'm going to talk about something that's that, that, that links back to the, the, the roller skates. It uses the same artwork. Now, you know, anyone who knows me knows I love a little bit of vintage Star Wars stationery. But aside from the, the figular razors they did, of which there is a nice Emperor's Royal Guard, Butterfly Originals produced a lot of very label slapped stationary items that were sealed onto the ugly backing cars with a blue star field. And, you know, even, even I find, even I struggle to find much about the butterfly original range that, to admire. Um, but it does have one redeeming element and that is this ballsy life-size bright red Emperor's Royal Guard standee that when you see it makes some of this product range look half decent it just kind of all it ties it all together so yeah it's 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 a i mean it wouldn't have taken long to design it's just the clip art bright red with with the black highlights but i think as a piece just really quite impactful i like it i like it yeah it's it's weird when you look at this life-size figure and then you've got the visor right so you've got the emperor's royal card visor and it looks like he's got some paint dripping down the middle of it, which just looks strange. I'm sure that, you know, Craig, from an artist point of view, will say, oh, well, there's this and, you know, lighting and exposure, blah. I, I don't know. But it's just, to me, it looks like someone's cracked his lens and he's got some blah running down it. But also, he doesn't have a weapon on him. You can see his right hand is exposed, but it looks like he's got a really long, pointy finger i mean when i say long down to his shin bone it looks <laughs> really really long once you've seen it you can't unsee it sorry craig no, i but think it that's is great the, well, i think that's the, that's the slit in his uh, yeah. in his robe isn't it but i think you know they've recreated this in two colors well i say that the return of the jedi logo that's emblazoned across his chest is white right. so that yeah. bit you describe as a as a, as a as a run of paint should be white it should be the the highlight on his visor and it's the same on the on the roller skates that we just discussed. You know, they haven't picked that out in white. And, mm. um, you know, you could have put a little bit of shade in, maybe a little bit of half tone underneath his hand to show that that, you know, his long pointy finger yeah. is actually, you know, the, the, the break in his robes. But, you know, they were working with what they were given. It's and a I wonderful just... image, Craig. So yeah. for the purpose of those who are listening, not watching, so... The Emperor's Royal Guard, and a, I would say a beam, the chest area, so nipply height. You've got Star Wars Return of a Jedi logo, as Craig said, in white. And then below that, 
you have protruding out of it and then all the way down to half sort of femur height you've got two four six pegs which are sticking out and then obviously you can imagine you've got all of these different items on them from butterfly originals so you know these are the ones who did the glue gun the various different the, the scissors you can see the scissors bottom left on that picture it's the same manufacturer who did my um, vader miscard which was a pencil sharpener but actually it's a tape dispenser so it's a lot of store display just to display six pegs isn't it it is you would you wouldn't get it now it's not very economical but it looks know. great though it looks it? great yeah in the day great find stew well someone like that store display is going to cost quite a bit of money so fortunately Stu has found something quite appropriate i've just gone with the adam joseph money bank do you know what it was one of the first beyond the toys items i bought when i got um back into collecting and i just i just enjoy it i, I always think it looks now this looks a bit like the i think you just mentioned the pencil topper there craig I think off the top of my head, it's the same design. Would I be right in that? Let me just send you a picture because you'll know the... I have got a pencil topper over there, but I can't be really bothered to get up. Um, <laughs> and the money pencil topper good. and then it's the eraser, isn't it? And they're all very similar. Yeah. I've got it for one second because they're right next to each other. I don't, I'm just being really lazy. <laughs> so it's not quite... Okay, let me come back first. It's not quite the same, is it? Because the this, this money back has got his arm out where the pencil topper hasn't. The pencil topper's just down in his robes or cape or whatever you want to call it. But I just enjoy this, these things. I always thought the, um, the Royal Guard looked good on it because of the, the packaging. It was all red and black. And then through the window, you've just got the red and black of the Emperor's Royal Guard as a money bank. It looked good. Fun range. We want to go and get all six of them. The Gam Guard, I think, is the hardest to get. But there's a Vader money bank in there, R2, Wicket, and a Princess Nisa, where you don't get enough princess nisa stuff these came out in both canada and america america adam joseph but they came out under the Irwin toys license in canada and uh, the only difference when you're looking at them is that uh, the american version has got emperor's royal guard bank on the front where the uh, canadian ones just have bank or the uh, the french spelling in it very nice mate so yeah, as you said, there's so many different things to look at from an Emperor's Royal Guard. However, little thing for the special focus collector, Pepperidge Farm, Star Wars cookies, chocolate, the Imperial Forces. I have them in my hand. I think I bought them for, so they're still sealed. It says 139, sell by 24th of January, 1983. So I'm not gonna try one, but inside Darth Vader and the Emperor's Royal Guard come to you with other characters from the Empire, from Jabba's Palace, Jabba the Hutt, Bib Fortuna, Gamorrean Guard, various others. It's got a picture of Emperor's Royal Guard, Cookie, Pepperidge Farm. Absolutely loving it. Nice. Good work, Commander. Leave us. Conduct your search and bring his companions to me. Yes, my lord. Can we just do one more? Yeah. So we didn't mention the fisting hooks. <laughs> Indeed. Mm, yes, fisting hooks. I think you definitely need to sort of rapidly explain what you're talking about there. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm throwing it out there because 
I'm hoping that listeners can shed some light on this because it's flummoxed me and it's flummoxed a few people I've spoken to about. Now, one of the one of the good things about putting these shows together is they force us to look in places beyond the usual websites and and things online. So it's a, it's a nice opportunity to dig out some of the old collecting books. And this is from the Tome Arts Guide from the 90s. And, you know, as a, as a as a book, it's it was it was essential back in the day. These days, it's quite hard to to navigate. You know, the, the, the photographs are very small. They're black and white. They're quite blurry. It's quite easy to miss things. There's an item on page 98 that's attributed to Adam Joseph. We mentioned those in passing tonight. And they're described as hooks. They are a, a group of figures. There's four characters. There's a, there's a, there's a Boba Fett. There's a the C-3PO. There's a, there's a Vader. And I'm laughing because it, it's just humorous. And um, and there's an Emperor's Royal Guard. It fits right into what we're talking about tonight. So presumably these were little characters that had some way of affixing to the wall, but they're all posed in a way that their arm is uh, out at, uh, at 90 degrees and bent slightly so that they form a hook. So you've got this Vader with a shaky fist uh, kind of pose and you've got an Emperor's Royal Guard, which, which looks to be kind of a similar kind of deal. But I have never seen these. And everyone has have, have you have you designated them fisters? Is that your terminology? I <laughs> yes, it is. Well, you know, it's not strictly accurate because Boba Fett is. I think he's supposed to hang your dressing gown on his gun in, on the end of his gun. But but they <laughs> they the guard and, and three that sounds two. even worse, doesn't it? <laughs> Certainly, sort of three two. They're giving you a good fist So <laughs> if anyone listening can shed any light on this. Please get in touch. I'd love to know a little bit more whether these are prototypes that erroneously got mentioned or whether they're some obscure things from Japan. I mean, Japan is is in the listing when it comes to door signs. So maybe these were Japanese things. But, you know, it's it's an interesting thing. You know, the character choice is interesting. There's a there's a Boba Fett there and there's a Emperor's War Guard. So it kind of puts it in the post 80, 83 uh, timeline. So, so, yeah, please, if you if you know anything about these things, get in touch and. Uh, and Jenna's up. Fantastic. Jenna's up. Love getting like Jenna up. <laughs> Guys, tonight we've seen some excellent things. Thank you so much for bringing, you know, one or two items which have caught your attention. I love how we're able to do that with this focus, getting some people on who are focus collectors, getting the benefit of the variant villains, just explaining different things and why this Vader's got a thick tip and this one doesn't have a thick tip. All those things which you always thought, hmm, wonder what? Things that made you go, hmm. But then for us to actually just chew the fat and have a little sort of pub chat about, oh, I've seen this, I've seen that. Do you want to know what we've got next month? Yes, please. Right. Okay, prepare yourselves. You've literally gone. You're going to find it tough because you've gone with four amazing figures this month maybe not the emperor the other three are banging mm. you're gonna i mean you've got to keep this you've yeah. got to be really careful because you can't drop right off no. so i'm interested to hear what you've come up with can't blow your load as well can you you can't you can't go too hard too soon because then what am i going to do for the for the next 20 months or so so uh yeah it needs to be a good balance and balance indeed is what i'm bringing this month we've had the baddies all right. Next month, we are going to have Princess Leah Organa. Pause in for effect. Yep, good, Still I like. pause in for effect. 
I like that figure. Great. Dan and Stu must be on mute. I'm not on mute. I'm waiting for the next off. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So, Princess Leah Organa. Beautiful. Amazing. Can't wait. (laughs) Princess Leah in Hoth outfit. Oh, I see where this is going. Princess Leah in Bespin outfit. (laughs) And finally, Princess Leia, Endor, Poncho. Uh. So not a bounty hunter, not in a bounty hunter disguise. I am sticking with four figures. But next month, to bring balance to this, to balance out the Imperials, we are having our leader, Princess Leia Organa, as we knew her in A New Hope, and both on the world of Hoth and on Bespin. I think that should be a good month. I think yep. it will be. We're not going to get beyond the toys, blind alley like R two pop up or the uh, or the imperial dignitary with her, are we? No, yeah, true. Easy. They no, Anakin. They're all four be... big hitters, though, Jez. Yeah. Big... <laughs> <laughs> this is a big hitter, so we need to get a big hitter guest on. Who should we get on? Come on, listeners. Who do we need to get on the next show? Who looks at Princess Leia Organa, Hoth, Bespin? Endor, who do we need to get on? Do you want to come on? Who should come on? Contact us via mail or voice message, generationskywalker at gmail.com. We are all over social media. We're on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, what else? Twitter, <laughs> various different things. You can check it out on Generation Skywalker on Instagram and also gen underscore vintage underscore Skywalker on Instagram as well for dedicated vintage we do unboxings we do skywalker blasts everything you can think of at generationskywalker.com and our generation skywalker youtube i must thank absolutely thanks to daryl whitlow ron salvatore chris moorhead mark andrews mark baker jamie acott will mellish plus clint from tantive 11 to provide us with the extra information guys thank you so much You are Generation Skywalker. So for us this evening, it's goodbye from Dan. Till next time. It's goodbye from Craig. Cheerio. It's goodbye from Stu. You've done well, Lord Jez. (laughs) And it's goodbye from me. We are Generation Skywalker. All eras, all passions, all Star Wars. (laughs) 